have a five pound bag of gummy bears. <laughs> Therefore, I am a happy man. I feel like we've had this conversation before. Yeah, I think we may have. It may have been a different five pound or something. I think it was sour ones. I don't uh. remember. But one of the one of my coworkers was doing one of those sale things, you know, where the kids bring home the booklets and you pick stuff out of it and you buy it. Uh. I've had two of those recently. One was for some candles, and then I got the candles and was very underwhelmed. I paid like ten bucks a piece for these candles, and they uh-huh. were about half the size of a Coke can. So, I mean, granted, that kind of falls back to the smell itself, mm-hmm. and the smell wasn't really that great. I mean, it was just it was the same kind of smell I could get from a candle at Walmart, you know. But this yeah. one was, I think it was like 10 pounds for a bag of, five pound bag of gummy bears. In particular, they are Albanese gummy bears. Are you familiar with this brand, Chris? Not at all. Well, it's one you should familiarize yourself with. If you are out and about and you see gummy candies and the, the I'm guessing it's the brand because I actually have a website, uh, Albanese. I don't think that they're actually Albanian. I don't think they're like Italian or any of that crap. I think that's just a brand name. I went and looked it up. And they have some other varieties of of candies and whatnot. But they boast that it's like their typical gummy bear bags have like 12 flavors. But they all taste about the same to me. And they're all delicious. (laughs) Because I... As particular as I am with candies, I when it comes to gummy bears, I usually don't pick out gummy bears. You just grab a handful and eat them. Sure. And it's same same thing I do with these. Mm-hmm. They have like a tropically sweet flavor. It's they're just they're not the standard gummy bear flavor I'm used to. They're a different, sweeter, again, tropicals about the closest I can come to to describe them. And they're so good. So if you ever see those, check them out. Usually, uh, from what I've found, if if you can't find them in like the bag form, if you go to like if you go to a candy store, the kind that actually has scoops and things, and you scoop what you want, they may mm-hmm. have them. But they're really good. They're awesome. You can also buy them on Amazon. I think I found this same uh, five pound bag for like thirteen bucks with Prime. So that's your that's your weekly candy news for you. <laughs> Been having a lot of discussions about Amazon Prime lately at work, man. I'm I'm glad to see more and more people are jumping on the Amazon bandwagon. I love Amazon, man. Yeah. I love Amazon. I love Amazon Prime. I I think this year, if it, I, I'm pretty sure it was this year, Amazon Prime went up from like a hundred bucks to like a hundred and twenty something like that. And I'm telling you, that does seem like a lot. I get a bulk payment of $120 is a lot. They may have like a payment version if you want to spend more but pay during the month. Mm -hmm. But we just buy it yearly. And I'm telling you, when I try to sell this to people, they're like, yeah, but $120, it's a lot of money for shipping. I'm like, yes, but think about it. Every time you shop for something and you purchase something on Amazon, imagine going and instead of clicking free 
or standard, you know, three or four bucks. Imagine the clicking the two day shipping every single time. Two day shipping is more expensive than free. It's more expensive than standard shipping. So, depending on how often you shop on Amazon, I could under I could understand if you're not a frequent online shopper for some reason in 2018. I can understand <laughs> that. But you've got about probably seven or eight purchases before that prime has paid for itself. And and if you're not in a rush, like say you're buying, you know, Christmas presents in October and November, do the slow shipping and you usually get five dollars credit for some category yep. of stuff you're probably gonna buy something in. So you Prime keep doing that, you're gonna loaded. make money some of your money back. Yep. Prime is loaded. It is filled to bursting with options and extras. Like I get emails from this is my this is on me because I haven't changed the settings, but I get emails every four or five days from Amazon. Hey, you have an unused Prime thing. Check this out. There are books that you can get. There are audio books you can get. There are movies you can get. There's a whole movie service that you have privilege to. There's music that you can get. There's all kind of shit that I don't even use. I use it for the primary purpose of purchasing items and getting them to my door within two days. And if I ever just use the other things, they would they they're there. They're for your benefit. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed that I meant to I meant to look up a news article on this and see how they're doing this, but I've been getting packages on my door on Sundays. Now UPS and USPS do not deliver mail on Sundays. They don't deliver mail packages, none of that crap. So mm-hmm. I've only been getting Amazon packages. What I think they're doing, what I assume Amazon has been doing, is basically getting kind of like a mini Uber service going. Like, hey, anybody here want to work on Sunday? Yeah. Any, anybody here want to work? Okay, go to the post office Saturday. Here's a list of packages and a list of labels and a list of numbers. Pick up all these packages and you have the entirety of Sunday to deliver them. Over yeah. the past three or four months, just random times, I've had packages just ding dong and there's a package on my door on a Sunday. Only from Amazon. Yeah, around here, um, we have, I need to pull up a map. I think I did once, but I don't remember how far it was. It's probably like 30 minutes. Uh, But we have some sort of Amazon drop-off point where they get stuff shipped there. And then they have local delivery companies. They're not Amazon branded um, if you look at their trucks and stuff. But uh, there's some local company that will drop off a ton of Amazon packages. Uh, like you are saying, yeah. kind of, I think some of them are kind of that, you know, uh, uh, Uber type where you just volunteer, you know, to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of them, I'm sure, is partnerships with the companies. I'm sure there's a variety of things going on, but it's not unusual for three out of four packages to come through that service, just no matter what yep. day of the week it is, just because mm-hmm. it's probably cheaper on them. It's, it's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. There, Amazon is and has been doing great things. I personally have nothing bad to say about Amazon. I haven't had any 
if if I've had any negative ones, Chris, I have I have forgotten about it. And they must have been so small and menial that it didn't mean anything to me. Uh, on, as <laughs> go ahead, not on Amazon in particular, but I did order a printer uh, a few weeks ago from Amazon. Uh, got the shipping, and it was lost. And hmm. it's like okay, it happens, you know. And I got on uh, the support, and they sent a new one. But it's one of those things where as soon as it said that it. And it was like a mis-entered part on the tracking because it got to the local mm-hmm. place. It should have went out for delivery and gotten here. But printers typically don't come in boxes that cover what they are, you know, one of those bigger packages. So yeah. someone saw and just snagged it. Yeah. So yeah. like, okay, I'll wait two more days for another one. Mm-hmm. And it was as easy as that too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I recently had so I purchased I purchased a pair of uh sunglasses for work. Spent a, a a fair bit of money there industrial type sunglasses. And I was looking for a particular uh model, but I couldn't find that particular model. And just searching through Amazon, I found what I th- what looked like the absolute closest, if not, I, th- I thought from the three pictures available, it was what I was looking for. I purchased it, had Amazon Prime. It was to my house in two days. I opened up everything. I didn't like the fit, and it didn't have some of the accessories I was looking for. That part might might, might have been on me because I didn't I didn't I didn't search enough in the details for it. So anyway, I submitted a ticket to Amazon. And it's it's simple. I I've never had to deal with a customer service representative from Amazon ever. Anything I've ever had to do customer service wise has been button click, button click, enter some information, maybe go to the package itself and find a serial number if it's a high dollar item. But I did the return thing. I put in a quick memo. Hey, I just wasn't happy with this. I, this is not what I wanted. I I didn't. I wasn't a dick, and I wasn't super specific. I just said, hey, I just wasn't happy with it. They said I didn't, I didn't have to wait for an email. Like automatically, the system generated me a return. It said you don't even have to print out anything. You don't have to package up anything. Bring all the stuff that you ha- that you can, the original packaging that you can. They specify all that. You know, if you've thrown it away and it's got egg shit all over it, they don't want it. <laughs> but br- bring your packaging, bring whatever stuff, bring all the stuff you possibly can, and the box too, if you can, and bring it just in your hand to UPS. Show them this email, and they sent me an email, and that's all you have to do. I said, okay, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to be super lazy about this because I never do this. Usually I package shit up myself and I print labels out and tape it and do all the work myself. I had the box already torn down, broke, I already uh, broke down, just had torn off all the tape. Like it was, it wasn't a mess, but it was, it's going to take work. I said, okay. I packed it all up in a fucking Walmart bag. The next day after work, I took it to UPS and I said, here's the packaging. Just, just scattered it. Not scattered it in an asshole way. Just here's the stuff, <laughs> and here's the box. And I was told to show you this email. And later it was like, yeah, cool. We just we Amazon is one of our biggest 
companies that we deal business with. We this is exactly what we're we we do this all the time, basically. So hold on. And she put all the stuff in the bag. She did not verify anything. They're not. I must. I don't guess they're told to do that. Yeah. But. She took this, put the stuff back in its packaging as best she could. She put the package inside the box, take the box all the way up, uh, looked at my phone, scanned the little code on it with a, with a scanner, printed a label out, slapped it on there, said, all right, sir, that's it. I mean, I was in UPS for maybe a total of two minutes, maybe. When I walked out of UPS, when I set my ass in my car, bing, my phone went off. I had an email from Amazon. Hey, your refund's already in your account. Have a good day. That that package hadn't even left the UPS store. Yep. But I had a refund. That that was awesome. That was incredible. It's it's a company that says, "Hey, we understand you didn't like it. We understand that we want to take care of you and we understand that now a company that we that handles our packaging has verified that the shit is there. You're taken care of. Here's your money. Go spend it somewhere else. That's awesome. Now, I do want to say, though, this was me getting credit to Amazon. I mean, to me, that was a no-brainer. Uh, I could have got it back to my original account, but of course that takes about four to seven business days. I could have waited. There was no, this money was not, I wasn't just hurting for this money, but I also knew that sometime this week I was going to be spending money on Amazon. So might as well get a credit. It could be that because it was Amazon credit that they did that. So don't, I wouldn't, I'd say don't expect that if you're getting money back to your account, but I mean, me spending money at Amazon is almost as as assured as me going and buying groceries at this point. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times me and my wife will be out somewhere, and it's it's either when we're grocery shopping, it's happened when we're grocery shopping, it's it's happened when we've just been out and about, it's happened when, we, when we've been out and about and specifically shopping, when we've gone from store to store to store, and it's, man, we don't even worry about anything if we see anything and either one the store that we are at is out of stock or they don't carry a period or it's not the brand specific that she's looking for or i'm looking for we just go Meh. we just shrug yeah we'll we'll order it online i tell you every time we go shopping we say that probably that that's like more than five times every time we go <laughs> shopping and we'll just buy it online yeah. Like, this is a survey question I can hear people asking, like, how many times do you buy stuff online? Or how many times does a brick-and-mortar store not have what you want and you just buy it online? Man, brother, all the time. All the time. And we come home, we jump on Amazon. Oh, there it is. That's exactly what we're looking for. Oh, look, they even have, we wanted the we wanted the five-ounce. They've got a 20-ounce bottle. Hell, yeah. Same, click, buy, two-day shipping. It'll be here day after tomorrow. Guaranteed. Yeah, I'm just waiting yeah. for them to get Prime now, where I live now. Oh yeah, it's such a good is that service. the one that th is that the drone one? No, that's two hours. More than two hours, oh. you can get something. Wow, that's crazy. You can dude. get it in like an hour if you pay like three bucks or whatever the price is. But Th yeah. I I want say that again, Chris. I need you to say that again because I don't think I heard you right. Are you telling me if you pay three fucking dollars, you could probably get it in a, in about an hour? Yeah. Wow. 
Now, understanding that Prime now is I a little bit the, more limited, but right. But still, so I, I got my laptop. Live in. I needed a... just hearing that said out loud. It, yeah, it's three, not not thirty, not forty. Yeah, about three bucks extra. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we used to use it all the time for uh, groceries. We do mm. get what we could off there, and then Walmart the rest. But now Walmart delivers. Do they? Walmart costs like ten bucks now, uh, depending on how busy of a time period it is. Like if it's uh-huh. afternoon, it's ten bucks. If it's morning, it's like seven or eight, um, mm-hmm. which is more than the free it was the first time we used it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, still nice. But we typically don't do that one. We've still been debating about it. I I, I don't think I still don't think that our Walmart close to us has delivery yet we've we've talked about doing the pickup in store we do see the mm-hmm. merit in it. it 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 is convenient but yeah. we're so spoiled right now shopping at the commissary and man even even something as small as having somebody else bag our bag our crap which <laughs> walmart do, everybody does that but also tipping them and they come out to your car and load your shit for you that's an extra step that we don't have to worry about and that's nice so once we once the actual delivery thing becomes available close to us, I'll I'll sit down and do the math and well, you know what, we may try it out a time or two. But do you we have just have to be down there. I I don't know if we do or don't. I've never never okay. heard of that. We uh we I, noticed this last okay. time on our Walmart delivery it was DoorDash that did it for us. Mm-hmm. So they've got some sort of partnership. Yeah, and we're we're still we're still right where we live. We're on the the edge as the story of my life, man. We're on the edge of waiter doesn't deliver to us too. So maybe that's for the better. I think as much <laughs> as her and I eat out food, I think we would go broke just on having shit delivered. So maybe it's good that we don't have waiter nearby. But yeah, man, I. With the holiday season coming up, it's I, I, I was hearing uh, I was hearing a news article. I was hearing it. Yeah, that's right. No, that's right because I heard it through a podcast uh, about. I want to say it's Target is trying to compete with Amazon. They're offering like free two day shipping and and yada yada yada. I mean, I think I think anybody that's a start if you want to compete with Amazon, but. It's availability. I mean, Target is still... I'm saying this completely talking out of my ass, mind you, but whether it's Target or Walmart or, I don't know, the fucking Best Buy, Barnes & Nobles, I feel like all of these businesses are limited to what they offer in their store yes walmart is a big store they have an electronics department and a toy department and a clothing department and a grocery department and a bakery and i I get that but they are still limited to the brands and and the quantities and the the types of things that they carry amazon is fucking worldwide like they if you want a type of shoe they have every fucking brand under the sun if you want a screwdriver they have every tool brand that you could think of Hmm. so 
I think it's less and less. It, yeah, it's a good it's a good idea to jump on the bandwagon and say yes, we'll offer free two day shipping too. But then it just becomes specificity. No, I'm looking for this type of thing. You guys don't have it. You have you carry this brand. So I don't know. Brick and mortar is still good for certain things. I still enjoy going, well, I wouldn't say enjoy, but I prefer to go to a store for grocery shopping. But man, when it comes to anything outside of food, I'll, it's getting so bad now that even I'll look for things outside of food. Like, okay, can I go to Amazon and buy the deodorant that I want, maybe in bulk and have it sent to my house? (laughs) Because I mean, that adds up over time. I think toothpaste was the last thing I did. I had like, five bottles of toothpaste and it just so happened that number one online they were like seven dollars cheaper in total but also free two-day shipping so i didn't have to worry about that it just it just makes common sense if you if i started to do that across the board and just get sundries and anything else that i need besides groceries it just saves money over time and amazon's like yep i'm saving you more money buddy yeah, I found there are certain things that they don't have good prices on, though. If you actually look at it, like uh, we were doing school supply shopping, and I pulled up, mm-hmm. you know, basically the same thing on Amazon and Walmart, and Amazon was like 30% more or something like that overall. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it has its ups and downs. Down, uh, Yeah, I, I can see that. I feel for the majority of things that I'm buying, it's, it's, I've been, it's not necessarily just that I've been saving money. It's that I've had it available mm-hmm. because either brick and mortar is sold out or they just don't care at all. And if you told that to 15 years ago, me, I'd be like, man, I'm never going to have insert thing here. Now it's like, oh, I'll just get it online. I have no, this is the consumer age that I live in. Well, that we live in where it's not, I mean, you just, you just got to find it. (laughs) It's out there. That and spending way too much money on t-shirts. Oh, man. (laughs) I saw the picture you posted the other day with all your shirts. I think I counted, Chris. I don't know if I put it, I don't think I put it on that page. Uh, I don't think I took a note either. Checking my phone really quick because I think I may have taken a note. Nope, I didn't. I ha- that somebody can somebody could probably go to my page and count it for me in case I got it wrong. But there that is forty seven video game t shirts <laughs> I own. Chris, I could wear a shirt obviously every day of the month and never wear the same shirt till the next month over the next month. Mm-hmm. And then now it's gotten to where now if it just if I just so uh, I have this app on my phone that I use all the time uh let me do a quick pause here hello everyone (laughs) and welcome (laughs) to the end of time I'm Michael I'm Chris yeah thanks for joining us for this podcast uh I have this app on my phone which I'm, I'm sure there are 30 other apps that do it way better but uh, it's on an Android phone, and it's called Color Note, and it's basically an app that acts like a sticky tad, like a sticky pad. It has a way to add text, like a text 
just like a long, however many million characters worth of text, and you can select the note to be a specific color. You can give it a title so you know what it is, and you can also add a checklist uh, type of text. And I have a tab in here for all kind of things. I've got one to remind me, like if, if my wife and I are talking and we're like, yeah, hey, you know what? We need to pick up another one of those. I'll just add a note in here. Hey, we need to buy like a right now. I've got buy kitchen thermometer and buy brown dress shoes. I have another one that, uh, let's see, Persona 5 trophy. Yeah, I've got one for Persona 5 trophies because I'm, spoiler alert, I'm going through Persona 5 and it's got, just a note, a checklist for all the for all the uh, trophies I don't have. I've got one for movies, and if somebody recommends me a movie or I hear a movie re- recommendation, I add I add it to a checklist. I now have one Redbubble ideas. So if I think of a shirt that I'd like to go browse Redbubble for, and p- pretty sure they're gonna have it, <laughs> I'll add it to the note. The last one I just put in my in my cart was a Devil May Cry t-shirt. I also want to look for a Hollow Knight one, a Mad Max Fury Road one, a Dark Tower or Gunslinger one, a Dean Koontz Dragon Tears, which is my favorite book of all time, uh, Disney's Cars, uh, all the old school Disney cartoons like Tailspin, DuckTales, uh, Predator. So now, every now and again, I'll just be browsing through Redbubble, and I'll just add another shirt to the cart. <laughs> or my wife will see a shirt, and she'll be like, oh, yeah, I want to get that, and I'll add that to the cart. I think I have a problem, man. <laughs> quick, I really... Um, yes. Talking about the note-taking, uh, Google actually has a part of their suite is called Keep. Um, mm-hmm. If you have an Android phone, you have the app on your phone, probably. Um and what I like about this one is you can actually share it with someone else. So like me and my girlfriend, we would we have a running sticky note. We don't use it anymore because of all the online shopping. But uh, mm-hmm. we have a shared note, a running grocery list. And it lets you actually nice. check stuff off and it crosses it off but doesn't delete it off the list. Wow. That's, that's pretty nice. neat. I may check it out. Yep. Another cool thing about shopping at the commissary is that they have like a rewards kind of program, but it's more like a like a coupon program. Uh, one second to clear my nose here, disgustingly outside of the mic, so you can't hear it. Sorry, I'm still barely. F- so I had a I I was sick for a few days. I got rid of it. I'm pretty sure a combination of me getting a flu shot and my wife getting it and I think giving it back to me. So <laughs> sorry about the slurry nose and, and ugh, throat sound. But anyway, another great thing about shopping at the commissary is they have this uh you can get you can get it as an app as well, but you basically get this kind of rewards program, but it's mainly for coupons. And they constantly load coupons on there all the time. Like every week or every other day they just load coupons. And you just go in and just select the ones that you want. And then when you go to check out the register, you hand them your rewards card and you go, here you go. They scan it and whatever you have on there matches up to what you purchased. And then, bam, it just takes it off automatically. It's like digital coupon cutting, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So, yeah, I just figured I'd throw that blurb out there. 
uh, I don't know where I don't know where we how we got here. Here we are. We're talking about coupons and <laughs> notes and Amazon. And today is just a day of of talking about things in our life that make our life easier. Yep. But that's that's not the topic today. We just happened to get here. As I stare at my five-pound bag of gummy bears. Chris, <laughs> I think last week I had a couple well actuallys. I do. I think when I was editing, I remembered a couple of them. Unfortunately, I didn't note them, and I cannot remember what they were. So, <laughs> wow. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to the audience that you guys may have an imperfect episode. There may be so this may be one. However, if you guys don't correct me in on it, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that whole episode up to being good. Everything was fine, and maybe I was just silly. I was just 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 misremembering. I think that's how politicians say it, right? Or misspoke. <laughs> uh, I think last week you started, Chris. Yep. For your week. All right. So I guess I'll roll into mine. Uh, non-gaming stuff. I haven't been out and about watching movies lately. There really hasn't been anything in the theaters that I want to see. However, my wife does want to go see Venom. I really should check right now to see if that bad boy is even in the theaters. We may go see it this weekend. But I gotta tell you, man, I, I'm so not wanting to see this movie for many reasons. I am a Venom fan, though I don't know everything there is to know about the comics. I'll I'll totally let you know that right off the bat. For any comic, I have very loose, grasping knowledge of comic lore and comic knowledge. Most of my comic knowledge comes from either one directly from Comic Pop, which is a great YouTube channel. I will continue to push that channel. Mm -hmm. I have been with those guys since the beginning, and I'm telling you, they are great. What is Comic Pop? Well, Comic Pop is a YouTube channel about comics. Uh, one of their main flagship series on their channel, the one that I fell in love with, is... Sal, the main guy of the group, uh, is basically a very knowledgeable comic book person, and he will take a comic arc or a comic series or a comic whatever and will basically do a gigantic hour-long summary to two people that don't really know a lot about comics, They're tr they, but they want to learn. So he'll summarize... Uh, you know the, the 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 infinity war for them or he'll summarize uh one of the one of the scroll wars whatever uh the the death of batman he he'll he'll do something like that i'm pretty sure they're over a hundred well over a hundred episodes on back issues and that's been a great source of knowledge for me uh, and they have other ones too. They'll they'll do current comics, of course. They'll they'll talk about these you know current arcs or current uh, comic news and whatnot. Just if you want any comic knowledge with some good people, check out Comic Pop. I have a little bit of comic knowledge from my my grade school years and high school years, but eh, it's not the it's I'm not the sharpest. 
I do remember the TV shows, but they weren't always completely accurate. So even though I watched X-Men, the animated series repeatedly, that doesn't mean that I know my shit. I do know who Venom is. I've got a fairly good idea of how he came about. And of course, just from the design period, he Venom has always been an awesome character. Uh, he is animated and drawn to be a badass character. And to me, he is. He's been featured in video games that I play, like the Marvel vs. Capcom style games. Uh, I, I like the idea of an alien being a symbi symbiote that takes over somebody to the point to where the person doesn't really mentally exist. They coexist together. In any event, I like Venom. I get the general idea of Venom. Taking all that aside... And even, even adding in the fact that Tom fucking Hardy is the actor playing, uh, I'm guessing, Eddie Brock. I have seen one trailer for that movie and was like, mm -mm, nope, nope. I'm not seeing anything that's drawing me in. I'm not seeing anything that's interesting to me. Whereas Spider-Man, this is a big deal. Spider-Man is a big, important reason why Venom exists and why it is the way it is. And the animation, the uh, the 3D animation looks a little bit eh. Just, I was just not really sold. You know, this is not Marvel, this is not MCU material from what I saw. For whatever reason, my wife does want to go see it, and that to, I mean that's still awesome that she wants to see something like this. So I'm I st I'm happy that she wants to see it, and I want to go see it to see her reaction. Me, I don't want to see it. I've heard I've heard polar opposites on this movie, Chris. I've heard. It has one of the most horribly written and designed villains ever in movies. <laughs> wow. I've heard the animation is very uh. I've heard this, the movie itself is CD quality to man. That movie was great. If you get past the once you get past like the half hour mark and Venom starts showing up, it's awesome. Venom is animated great. His design looks cool. He looks badass. The fight scenes, yada yada yada. So I honestly have no grounding. Yes, this movie's gonna suck. Yes, this movie's gonna be great. I, I really can't tell yet. The 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 temperature of this movie. I'm not too big on looking at box office sales either. I mean, that don't that 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 doesn't do it for me any more than video games do. A game a, a game could sell like shit, but I'll still love it. I mean, it, that's it's we're talking subjective nature here. In any event, my wife wants to go see it, and I tell you, it, in my opinion, there's there are worse things in the world for you to be drugged to go see. You know, she is definitely not the 50 shades of gray type person so that kind of <laughs> shit i'm not being you know of all the things to me forever I have to complain about oh no chris i'm gonna be drugged to the movies what are you gonna go see venom oh no you know woe is me yeah. so i will at some point check it out uh if it's out of theaters i guess i was just an asshole and we'll have to wait and check it out afterward but other than that i haven't really seen a lot of movies that are really making me want to go to the theater right now 
Uh, I've heard a couple. I've heard a couple things about the new Halloween movie. Uh, I've I've watched a lot of the older Halloween style movies. I'm talking Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth, but not religiously. You know, I didn't watch all what forty two of Nightmare on Elm Streets, so I'm not completely well versed in Halloween. This apparently is a remake, so meh. And I love horror movies in general, but it's again, it's not. That's not a must-see. I, I can't really think of any must-see movies between now and either Captain Marvel or Infinity War 2. Uh, maybe I should go through the upcoming movies and see. I may be telling a bold-faced lie. I feel like there's another Star Wars movie coming out soon, but I'm... Eh. I'm good. I haven't seen any of the recent ones. Yeah. TV... Uh, as I mentioned several times, I'm not a big TV show guy. It takes a lot, takes a lot of, of recommendations It ha- and me actually looking at trailers to see if I want to watch a TV show. The Super Best Friends on their 268th or 7th episode recommended, uh, Pat, actually, uh, Matt, sorry, actually recommended a TV show called The... The Haunting of Hill House. I'm pretty sure that's the correct title. And I heard it. I heard them talk. I've I've seen this title throughout. Kind of Facebook popped up here and there. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House. I was confusing it for the House on Haunted Hill, but I immediately made that distinction after I saw it posted the second time. No, this is completely different. This is not that. This is nothing like that. This is a series, and it's an original series. And the trailer appealed to me. The description that that Matt gave appealed to me. It's a it's a horror type movie, but not strictly horror. And I was, I was convinced to check it out. I said, "All right, I'll check it out." And I think I'm about, I think I'm six or seven episodes in. I'm trying to use my blind eyes to see. Yep, I'm six episodes in. And I am surprisingly impressed by this show. So the idea is, and trust me, no spoilers. I don't spoil shit as much as I can, especially when it comes to shows. Uh, The premise is, this is... I think there are 12 episodes in this first season. I don't think there's a season two out yet. I think this think this thing just started. And I won't know until the end if it continues on. And I'll tell you, if Netflix... If this series is what, next, what Netflix series has been for me so far, it may be self-inclusive. I'm, I'm totally down for that. I am down for seasons of a show being all inclusive that that's awesome to me so i know that season one i'm hoping that season one will tell its own story and season two will either have some of the same things in mind or it will tell a different story altogether or maybe some things will be eluded at the you know maybe 11th 12th mark however season one will be self-contained that's what i'm hoping for the the premise the idea of this show is that there was a house that this family moved into it was a mother and father 
two brothers, I, th- I believe two brothers and three sisters, big family. And the parents moved in. They're basically, they remodel houses and they and then they sell them. They live in them. They remodel them. They, they gut them, make them better, and then they sell them. And again, I'm six episodes in, so I don't have all the details because they're spoon-feeding me these details as the shows go on. Some shit went down, and this there's, for lack of a better way to put it right now, Again, without having all the details, this house is fucking haunted. <laughs> and this house has fucked these people up severely. The big takeaway from this show, Chris, and audience as well, is that this is less and less about, okay, there's going to be 12 wacky, crazy nights in this house with a lot of jump scares and a lot of, oh, throw your popcorn in the air. Let's see if, they, let's see if their family can survive 12 days. It is nothing like that. 60 to 70% of this show deals with shit after they have left the house. We're talking like post-traumatic stress disorder levels of how are these people coping with life after all this shit happened, after, after they've left. They've already been through the trauma, and now the traumas, or they've already been through the haunting, and now some of the haunting things are coming back up, but it's affecting them twice over. One, the haunting things are coming back around, but two, they are fucked up people. Or if they're not completely fucked up, they have their own tics. They've had their own ways of dealing with these things in life. Or they've taken these things that have happened to them and have used them in their life in one way or another. One, and only one example, as spoiler-free as I can, uh, one of the... Somebody very, very close to this family dies. And one of the daughters, just out of just being a kid refuses to go see the open casket. Well, when she finally gets persuaded to go to the casket, she gets persuaded to go by the, uh, uh, I forget what they're called. Chris, who, who is the person who they basically, they embalm the body and they put makeup on and dress them. Mortician. Uh, the mortician. Thank you, Chris. So she gets persuaded by the mortician. Hey, you know, let's go see. It's for it's for the good, blah, 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 blah. And she gets up there and she sees this 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 family member that she's known for many years, you know, in their best dress with this makeup on and their hair's done perfect. And she said, You fixed them. You fixed them. You made them. And he's like, Yeah, that's what I do. So in the future, when she grows up, she becomes a mortician. So this the show shows you why they are the way they are and why death and the hauntings and all that are intrinsically tied to how they are. And oh man, it's 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 so good. The cinematography is awesome. The way that they show all of these family members in the future and the past interacting with each other is great. The ties, the way that they'll, just the way they'll screen transition from uh, a, a, uh, one of the sons in present day doing something and and then transitions back to them when they're a kid. Flawless. It's, it's, it's very good. And uh they've they've been peppering little hints and and what's going on throughout 
throughout this series so far, but especially now on five and especially with with episode six, it's been a okay. Answers are being made. Things are being explained. Uh, th- there's there's a lot of questions, but they're not so crazy way out there questions. In general, the show always builds on they they you you want to know what is up with these people. You want to know what's up with these people after the fact. Like, why are they? Why are they the way they are? They're different, but they're not different. Like in your face, crazy emo different. They just have their own ticks, and you're well, okay. Well, why are you this way? What made you be this way? And then they pepper over over episodes this information where you go, oh, okay, all right, that makes sense. That that all makes sense. I haven't had any of this stuff spoiled for me. The only thing that I keep reading from people is that there's this show has a huge twist at the end. And I'm telling you now, Chris, I'm not even watching this show right now for the twist. The draw and appeal of the story alone is keeping me going. So once I make it to the end, episode 11, episode 12, and I do find out the ending, the ending is what I want already. But if that ending turns out to be a, oh, fuck, twist, that's just better. That's That'll be just better for me, you know. But that's not going to make or break it right now. What What's making it for me is, what's making it, period, no break at all, is just, man, I want to know more. I, I want to know more. It's not super fast. It's not super like flashy and wow, wow in your face. And again, there are a couple jump scares here and there, but the general tone from the way the movie is shot to the, the sound effects to the sound design, the acting, all this stuff together is more of a, of more of a creeping dread and and we're talking like over several minutes, not like, you know, you're going to have a couple of those where the kid wakes up and hears the noise and the noise gets a little louder and the noise gets a little louder. And oh, you're going to have a couple of those. But it's more like there is something I keep noticing in that room. It's still there. And then 20 minutes later, okay, they still show this thing in that room. What the fuck is that? And then maybe by the end of the episode, you go, oh, okay, that's what it was. <laughs> it does a good job of that. If, you, if, if you're looking for a super fun, uh, uh, intense, mechanically generated popcorn movie theater slash em up type flick that has obvious jump scares it's obviously out to to get to get that teenage crowd that wants to go see the movies horror movies and and make out and shit that's not what this show is it is branded as a horror show but it it is a creeping horror as opposed to a flashy horror good storytelling good visuals good sound design i'm enjoying it we'll see what happens at the end if it all pays off i'm hoping it will but again, folks, coming from a guy that does not go out and seek TV shows and does not own, you know, a Netflix account and 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 just demands to see this, I I am not on these TV shows all the time. So if I'm recommending something, it's not a guarantee you're gonna love it. But I I pick I pick rare shows. I pick things that I like, and I quickly move away from ones that I won't. I'm sticking with this one. It's pretty good. Still holding off on anime, Chris. Okay. I really am. Despite all that anime I have available, 
I'm going to have to go through. I'm trying to commit myself not to an insane asylum, but I'm trying to commit <laughs> myself to. That's my that's my one joke. There we go. It's the best I got. I'm trying to commit myself to going through my Crunchyroll and finding an anime that I really, really am interested in trying out, looking specifically for ones that have a dub, and I'll try that. I just haven't haven't made that jump yet. So that's that that's that's sometime in the future. Uh, I still have some 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 leftover residue from One Punch Man. It's still good. I still recommend that for anybody that hasn't checked it out. So I'm living off that high for a little while anyway. Video games, which is what we all come to this podcast for. Very short this week again. <laughs> Haven't been jumping around lately. I've I've noticed that. I've kind of settled down a, just a little bit. Yeah, I wonder why. Um, uh, playing 30 titles a, a week instead of uh, one or two. So last week, when we last left off on the end of time cast, I was playing two different games. I was playing, I was working very slowly and very diligently on Mega Man 11. And I was also playing Super Mario, uh, sorry, not Super, Mario, uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Uh, which is two what I want to start out with. So uh, let me start off with Mega Man because it's not fair to Mario and Luigi what happened. I'm just, uh, we'll uh-huh. get to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so good because Chris knows you You found my secret out yesterday. Damn it. Yep. I was going to drop this bomb and you found it out <laughs> early, but that's, a, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Chris, I'm physically rubbing my temples right now because I really don't know what to say about <laughs> what I'm about to say next. But I want to talk about Mega Man 11. All right. Uh, I, I'm I'm just gonna you know let me let me do it this way. Let me do it this way, man. I'm gonna stress again to you and to anybody else that plays Mega Man 11 that hasn't already beaten this game by now or is thinking about getting it or is in the middle of playing it. I'm just going to say it. I think I made the best justification the last time I talked about this gear system. Every Mega Man that has offered a new upgrade, a new update, a new thing, that either one, usually it's been both, but either one, the, the game itself has been designed with that gameplay mechanic in mind, or two, it's just blatantly obvious that if you use this mechanic... It'll better you. I want to use the slide, for example. I think the slide was first introduced in Mega Man 3. And yes, there were level sections where you would have to go through... You would have to slide to get underneath uh, a a very low ceiling. I think Sparkman comes to mind. I I think a, a good majority of levels in Mega Man 3 had obvious, like, you physically cannot get past this unless you use a slide. However, there were also enemies that use that as well. Like in Mega Man 4, for example, there were enemies that that would hover right above ground. And yes, I, f- I forget their name, but they have they had like a shield on their face and they fly they flew through the air. They would fly to the left, they would spin around and fly to the right, spin around, fly to the left. Now the idea was when they had their back to you, you could shoot them in the back and kill them. Or 
you could use your slide function, and when they flew to the left, you slid to the right, right underneath them. Simple. No, you didn't have to put five bullets into them. You could just get away from them. So, would it be harder to just ki to kill them? Yeah, but the idea is Mega Man has these tools in his arsenal. Fast forward to Mega Man 11. And I, again, I'm talking to you in the audience as well as a Mega Man fan. I was also hesitant when I saw that Mega Man trailer and it was like gear system. And I was like, wait, stop, pause. What are you doing? We don't need a system in this game, which again, I, that's being rather unfair. Okay. Because beat is essentially a system. Uh, Rush is a system. The platforms that they used in Mega Man 2 and 1 uh, and 2, that's a system. Uh, having Rush turn into a power suit armor or or a, a jet pack, or, uh, th those are systems. So while it looks flashy and very engineered, Yes, I get that the gear system looks kind of like, eh, what it's, it's, that's weird. I understand that. But that is a system in a Mega Man game. And they have designed every level, every fucking level in that game is ha has a section or two or area or two where it's, okay, you could muscle through this, but if you use the speed... It will slow down time and make it much easier. This, or if you use the power, you can take this enemy down much faster and move on from a hazard. The more that I embrace that gear system and stop thinking of it as I'm cheating the game and instead, okay, I'm using what they're giving me, the better, the easier this game got. I'll also add to that where when you would get power-ups from boss battles in Mega Man games in the past, it is quite it's very easy to argue that those power-ups would also make the level easier. From I mean, think of Mega Man 2 whenever you finally when you when you beat uh, Metal Man and you got the that uh, that basically that that buzzsaw, that 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 blade cutter. That was awesome. You could angle that up and down. It was a little bit more powerful than a standard buster shot. So yeah, you're using a tool that the game gives you that you earn to make it easier. Now, you didn't really earn the gear system. Maybe that's kind of what, maybe that's kind of why I feel a little bit eh about it. Sure. They just give it to you. It's just there. I can understand that. But the slide was also just given to you. The mega buster was also just given to you. So just fucking deal with it, man. <laughs> If you want to go through Mega Man 11 and not use the gear system, can you? I, I'm going to say it's possible. I'm going to say it takes some very precise movement, which, duh, any no damage or buster only run is going to require that. Any speed run of the game is going to require that. But should you use the gear system? I'm going to say yes. Oh, yeah. And the more you use it, the better you are going to be at that game the better off the game is going to be for you the better experience that you're going to get and less of a controller breaking fucking headache 
If you haven't figured it out, Chris and audience, I beat Mega Man 11. I want you to think about that for a minute, though. When I had the fucking demo of this game, I couldn't get, I couldn't even get to the boss. Once I got the game, the first week I had it, I had to report to Chris and everybody else. No, I still can't even get to the boss yet. After the first week, I had, I had downed about three or four bosses. I'm talking to you a week later. I beat the game. All it took was for me embracing that system, fully embracing that system, using the powered up version of other weapons instead of not using it at all helped buying the chip that let me recharge my gear faster so I can have more. I have more options to use the time more often helped a lot. So I beat all the bosses uh a couple of them again i i i feel like i'm repeating myself so much when i'm saying <laughs> this but no I, I didn't take any more notes i'm sorry but random bosses of the eight bosses gave me trouble i don't remember which ones and yes i had a couple times i think there were two separate occasions where i had farmed bolts if I didn't farm them, I had enough already. I bought nine lives and a few E-tanks. And typically what would happen, Chris, it was just the first, it was usually of getting to the boss and then taking life after life after life just to get his pattern down. Sure. That That's where the, that's where the first work came in. So at least two separate bosses on at least two occasions each, I had bought nine lives and bought three, four, five tanks, got to the boss, die, 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 start everything all over, and had to work my way up, bought lives, and one occasion I wasted all my lives getting to the boss again. But in any event, I triumphed, and I'm telling you, the majority of the time, and we're going to say close to 50, 50 to 60% of the time, 60% majority of the time was me going, okay, use the fucking gears. Stop not using them and use them. And once I would go through a level and use those appropriately, it was fine. It wasn't easy, but it was way considerably more manageable. Right. The Wily bosses, the first Wily boss gave me a lot of trouble. I had to go back and refill up on lives on that one. I beat him on the second group of nine lives. Second Wily boss, first, I think the second or third, after the second or third death, I had him beat. Wily's were tricky. Wily's were, ve- uh, I'm sorry, the, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Going through the bosses all over again was a cinch this time around because one I had the gear system and I used it appropriately and two I had everybody's weapons so once I went and used their weakness on them piece of cake I think I I think the entire boss rush I I burned three lives and four M tanks and that was it when it came time for the Wily battle uh, that was tougher. That took me a couple trips back to the... I think I had to go grind bolts on two separate occasions. But once I had his weaknesses down and had his timings down, like any standard Mega Man, uh, I finally beat him. And I beat the game. And it's... 
I, as I as I beat the game and the and Mega Man was standing on top of Rush flying through and the credits were playing, I sat back in my recliner, put my hands behind my head and went, you know, that would have probably been a lot easier if I had just used the gear system properly from the get go. <laughs> if I had stopped looking at it the way that I was looking at it and just used it for what it was there for. I mean, think about it, Chris. We're talking about a fucking Mega Man game here. If I really wanted to make the game hard, I could still use the gear system and just put the game on hard. You know, make it to where yeah. in in two deaths, I just lose and die anyway. I could not buy lives. I could not buy M uh, E-Tanks. So, eh. I, I made my way through it. And I'm still... I'm kind of glad that it took this long because again, I don't, I didn't want to blow through a Mega Man game because now, hey, guess what? Aside from the challenges and maybe bumping the difficulty up if I want to, I don't have another Mega Man game yeah. until the next one comes out. Have it's a you bummer. Done, aren't there like challenges or something? What is that? Yes. So I haven't done any of them. I think I went as far as looking at the menu. I believe the challengers are there as they're either. I believe they're time based. Um, I have to look into it, man. I don't know the specifics of what they're there for, but there are a lot. I think there's like fifty or sixty different challenges, and yeah, there are there are there. They're there for different levels, and that that option's there if I if I want some more challenging Mega Man stuff to go back and play, but. I never really, I've never really done those with Mega Man games. I think I tried to do some, uh, uh, either trophies or Xbox Live achievements, maybe for one of the Mega Man. I think Mega Man Nine. I was trying to work on those, but eh, not really my cup of tea for Mega Man. Mega Man's is not. I don't love Mega Man and tout as my favorite series because it's the most challenging or because I can 100% everything. I just fucking love Mega Man games. So, yeah, I got Mega Man 11 finished. It's under my hat. It's another Mega Man game that I've played and have beaten. I haven't 100%ed it, obviously. But, yeah, I did it. So, I implore anybody out there that is thinking about playing Mega Man 11. Uh, Chris, you asked last week if I think this is a good game to start. I'm going to say that it is. I would still put Mega Man X in front of you before this game. Sure. But I'd say up in maybe the top like six or seven. No, no. no. I'm going to be generous. Say five. Of the top five Mega Man games to say, hey, I've never played a Mega Man game before. This is up there in that group. I think the gear system, again, if you embrace it, if you use it, this will be something that you will miss in other Mega Man games. When you come across a hazard and you have the ability to, whoa, whoa, slow time, and let me really, really negotiate that jump. Let me really negotiate what that enemy is about, how he's about to shoot me. Mm -hmm. you, you'll like this, and you'll, 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 you'll find wanting in other, in other ones for sure. So that was uh, Mega Man 11. That was one of the games I was playing. I was also uh, chipping away at Mega Man. Uh, Jesus, Mega Man Superstar Saga. That's a that could happen. 
yeah. Yeah, we could do that. I was chipping away at Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. And I still like that game. I still enjoy it. Still have a good time with it. The humor is still there. The combat is still solid. The the action uh, events, the pressing a button at the right time to either full into gate damage or knock an enemy back or for your attacks to do more damage, uh, timing combos to add more damage to combos or possibly making a combo actually execute, all that's there. The overworld terrain of having having multiple options when when going over terrain in that world where you can do like a high jump, you can do a propeller spin to make you basically hover over areas. I love everything that that game has to offer. And again, I've I've loved every game in that in that franchise that I played, that uh, Mario and Luigi franchise. But I also mentioned last week that I went back to my PlayStation 5, slid in Persona 5 because I could not recall how many hours I put in your what? My PlayStation 4? Yeah, you Persona said five, 5 the first time. Oh shit, my <laughs> Do we have a PlayStation 5? PlayStation 5 confirmed in my house. That's right. My <laughs> uncle works for Sony. <laughs> and you you know my well, you know half of them anyway. You know this bullshit. <laughs> uh yes, I went back to my PlayStation 4 and popped in Persona 5 because it was bugging me. I could not remember how many hours I put into Persona 5. Turns out 267, a little over 267, 268, something around that. And the urge to play that game again was so strong. Just the the title theme, the menu music, just hearing the sound effects and seeing the artwork. I watched the whole intro trailer again, which, by the way, there is, oh, I don't have my browser pulled up right now. Yuri on Ice is an anime out there. Uh, it It was very controversial. Well, okay, let me not talk out of my ass. I don't know the controversy surrounding, or even if there was controversy surrounding this anime, but it predominantly features two uh, homosexual men that are both ice skating figures. Uh, they're they're both per, uh, prominent ice skate ice skating figures in their world, and the artwork in that anime has blown my mind. I genuinely enjoy that. The, the choreography and all that involved. And as I was watching the Persona 5 intro again, if you noticed, there's a lot of ice skating uh, in that intro. Not strictly them on ice skates, but just the way right. that they're moving. That apparently is done by the same guy or by the same animating person. Uh, uh, and that led me further down the rabbit hole reminding me that apparently Persona 5 is a big fucking deal. There are a lot of music and animation and choreography studios and and uh, a high well-known uh, uh, people and artists that came together to make Persona 5 what it is. And I'm telling you now, brother, and you can attest to this, it shows. I mean... Persona 5 has style coming out of every fucking pore available. <laughs> From the music to the menu design to the animation to the anime cutscenes to 
the, the little hidden things you'll see here and that that game it, j- it just has life it has so much character in and of itself all this being said all this was rushing back into my mind when i was i was just popping the game in and going to the load screen and mm-hmm. checking out a timestamp and I said, yeah, I will. And I even said it last week. I said, yeah, I'll, someday in the future, I'll get back and play it again. And I forget what spurned it. I forget. If, I think I just it just popped in my head and I went looking up. I said, you know what? Wait a minute. I beat Persona 5. Wasn't there? I got a completed file when I looked at that thing. Did Does Persona 5 have a new game plus? Let me go look this up. And yeah, I apparently forgotten that you can start a new game with New Game Plus. Yeah, that's why I did 100% and, it. And that's what did it. Yeah, come to find out when you read enough guides, they'll tell you you basically have to do a New Game Plus, at least for a few days. I think January, February, March, at least up to May or June to get everything but that 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 sold it for me. I said, you know what? Sure, because this means that basically I don't have to do all that grinding that I did back in the back on my first playthrough. From what I remember, you carry so your gold carries over your money. Uh, your character levels do not, but uh, your main character's uh, stats do. The main five traits. Those all carry out. So if you've got that thing maxed, boom, you don't have to worry about none of that. Mm-hmm. You can now devote your time to your uh, your confidants. Your weapons and armor and accessories all transfer over. That's important to note this, that you do have to go in and equip that stuff. Mm-hmm. So the end gear that you had on your characters are not the is not the gear that you start out with. You start out you start a new game plus with the baby basic gear that the characters start with. You have to go in there and, and select your gear. It's also good to know that so you know that if you can afford it. If you can, it's not necessary because there's ways to get around it and do other things. But if you can, try to get as much money as you can at the end of the game and try to buy the max of everything you can. Try to buy, you know, like SP bandages. Badges are good to have because you could just sit in an early fight and just gain SP the whole time, which you're going to want to do at the end of the game anyway. But I digress. Uh, Buy items, buy buy the latest weapons, latest armor, all that because all that carries over. Uh, your confidant, all their ranks go back to zero. So you do have to work those all the way through. But as any Persona 5 fan, or maybe even any Persona fan will tell you, that's fine. Because one of the great things about this game is going through the confidant, going through their story, having their unique story play through. I'm trying to think of my miss. Oh yeah, your, uh, your Persona, your Compendium, carries over as well so you don't have to capture every single if you have them in your compendium you have them uh so now what i'm doing is something that i haven't done in any persona game and i haven't really done in a long time period is i'm gonna 100 percent this game that's what i'm working through right now i was missing i'm I don't know how many I'm missing right now. I think I've got one or two more. But I think I was missing in the neighborhood of only 12-ish trophies, 
with one being, of course, the Platinum Trophy right. that says, hey, you fucking did everything. Good job. <laughs> so that that was nice to know that I don't have a lot of work to do. Second good thing about this is this, I'm doing this for the content. Someday in my life, I'll go through God of War on uh, Give Me God of War mode. I'll do that for the challenge. I'm doing Persona because I want the content. I did not do every confidant. I done mo- I had done most of them, but not all of them. I didn't. F- I finished the majority of the ones that I did have, but I didn't finish all of them. There are some side quests I didn't do. There is a little bit of the- there. There's some stuff out there I did not do in Persona Five. I want to do it all. I want to have this game wrapped up all the way through. I want to be able to say that I got every bit of content story-wise out of this game. So that's what I'm working on now. I will admit that I am working through a guide to do it. Uh, it's a little bit easier to do it on New Game Plus. I wouldn't. I don't necessarily need a guide step-by-step to do it. Because one, I've already done the majority of the trophies already. But also, when again, very fucking cool that when you play New Game Plus, your traits carry over. Guys and gals, that's that means you don't have to worry about studying. You don't have to worry about uh, going to the the Big Bang thing and, and trying to get more stats. You don't have to worry about any of that. If you left off with maxed, your new game plus starts with max. That's more time to devote to your confidants. And being seasoned as much as I am now with Persona 5, and especially with going straight off of three, four, and 3, I'm very good at managing days. So while I don't necessarily need the guide, the guide is there for me to be like, oh shit, I you need to make sure you have this by this point i'm probably going to use a a separate supplemental guide for when i'm doing my uh persona fusions but again you don't really need one because you can throw your personas on the guillotine and it'll tell you if you select them what you're going to get this just a guy just makes it easier. Yeah. It, it really just makes it easier for you to go. Okay, I'm specifically missing this chariot one. I need to know what the combination is. So it's just a time saver. I don't. I'm not gonna begrudge anybody that's already beat the game and says, yeah, I had. I still had to fuse about thirty persona. I just used a guide. It's it's more of a checklist, and the checklist is basically given to you in the game. This brings up another interesting point that I was talking on an online forum uh, a couple days ago, and somebody asked me directly, they said, hey, I'm kind of in your shoes where you were over a year ago. I have never played a Persona game ever. Uh, Where do you think I should start? I'll tell you, audience, just like I told him, I think you can cherry pick three, four, or five. You can pick any of those having played all three of those now. I will tell you that if you... So here's what's going to happen if you do what I did. If you play Persona 5, you're going to get the fucking cream of the crop. You are going to get the mind-blowing 5 out of 5 with a 5-star bursting out of the 5 trying to go for a... You're going to get a phenomenal RPG. 
when you go from five to four and four to three, you're going from PlayStation four to PlayStation two graphics, but that's, they're not so horribly outdated that you're going to be, I was not, I was not uh, to the PlayStation two graphics at all. You're still going to get the stuff that you remember from Persona 5. You're going to have Personas. You're going to have social links. You're going to have confidants. You're going to have some of the little music uh, snippets here and there. You're going to see a lot of familiar faces as far as Personas and enemies go. And you're going to get the big overarching story uh, uh, bolstered by all the mini stories underneath. You're going to get that again when you play Persona 3. If you don't do what I did... Oh, and Persona 1 and 2, again, I don't have any knowledge on. I didn't play either one of them, and I don't have any, I don't have enough even surface knowledge to tell you anything about them. I'm just, I made it clear that I don't plan on playing those two. For those that did, cool beans for you, but they just look so, they just feel so different. I don't have any plans to. If you start with 3, 4, and 5, as far as tone, you're going to get the same tone of 3 and 4. You're going to see a little bit of quality of life upgrades. You're going to see a little bit of system upgrades and system changes. But when you go from three to four and then from four to five, you're just going to have your mind blown from all the quality of life that that game gives you. I've heard it mentioned before, Chris. I, I remember people telling me that, yeah, we, when you go, when you work your way backwards, you're going to, you're going to see all the things that you took for granted in P5. And it's, it is so true from, uh, managing your confidants to fusing personas to keeping track of things uh, the way battles work like man the ability Chris to be in a battle in P5 and already know an enemy's weakness and just press R1 and it says yeah let me sift through the persona you have available let mm -hmm. me sift through their, their abilities this enemy is weak to this ability so let me switch this persona out already for you and have it one button click away from you clicking on the ability you need that's quality of life is it easier is it f yeah but it's quality of life easy to me you're gonna you're gonna feel those upgrades when you go from 3 to 4 to 5 but they're not so horrible. I didn't have like a horrible, jarring moment of going from five to four. It's like, oh man, I really wish all these quality of life things were here because the story and the gameplay of Persona was still there. The spirit of Persona is in all three of these equally. It just so happens that PlayStation 4 version of Persona 5 is just... The, the the quality the money is there the quality the money the animation the the music the little touches the details it's just i mean you're you're two generations up in a right. console version so i would say that all three of these are must plays i personally i put it p5 p3 and p4 and I, this was something i meant to mention chris a few episodes back when i talked about playing through persona 3 if i didn't stress it enough let me stress it here the end game to persona 3 was awesome the last 30 minutes of that game awesome the way the story starts to wrap up 
the way the final boss is introduced, the design of the final boss, the music playing during the final fight, the way the ending played out. It's just, I, I love that. I loved that whole situation. And just in general, I, I, I kind of prefer, as a personal preference, I prefer the cadre of characters in 3 to 4. It is not shitting on 4 in any way whatsoever. Because 4's music, I preferred 4's music over 3. <laughs> so, But all three of these personas have something to offer you. I think all three of them are worth a playthrough and... If you if you just have to have one to play right now, what console do you own? Do you own a PlayStation 2? Do you own a PlayStation 3? I think Oh man, Chris, where is Persona 3 Golden, Persona 4 Golden? Uh PS3. I think Yeah. So I'm 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 sh- if you have a 2, a 3 or a 4, pick a Persona from one of those systems you have. And play one because all three of those can be their own introduction for you in the Persona 5 franchise or in the Persona franchise. Just know that if you are fortunate enough to have a PlayStation 4 and you pick five as your first, you're you're gonna be hooked. So yeah, I'm back in the fray. I'm 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 slowly working my way through getting uh, the platinum trophy in this game, and again, it's not to fucking wave a flag. It's not to be on top of some pedestal. Mm-hmm. It's to it's to say that I have done everything in this game, guys and gals. I already put over two hundred and sixty something hours into this game. There's not a much. There, it, we're talking about an RPG here. There's not a bigger flag I need to wave. I just want more Persona Five. I think the bigger question, Chris. Yeah. Uh, and I, by the way, I'm in. I'm close to the end of May right now. I'm. I think I'm toward the end of Madarame's uh, palace, which that doesn't really mean a lot because you know you can you can secure a route before you know long before it's time. Yeah. But the bigger test for me, I'm. A, you know what? I'm gonna say. It. I'm. A, I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna put it on this podcast, Chris, and I'm gonna say it right here, right now. Once I finish Persona 5 all the way through, I'm going to give some cool time, okay? I'm going to give it a couple weeks. I'm going to give some time away from it, just like I did the first time. And I'm going to mentally gauge on a on myself, personally, I'm going to mentally gauge myself and honestly ask myself, all right, buddy, you put over 260 hours in this game the first time you played. The second time you put hours and you did everything, you platinum that game. Michael, do you want to play this game again? And I'm telling you now, Chris, if I think, if I feel like that game would draw me in again, and I tell you, man, right now, it's really fucking easy. Mm-hmm. That game is going to be a contender to be on my top 15 wall. I yeah. don't know what game it would knock out. I honestly don't. <laughs> Because that's a tall fucking order. Oh, yeah. It would also mean, unless I knocked out an RPG, I would have one, two, three, three RPGs. That would be four RPGs on my wall. But as much as this game, as much as I adore this game, as much as this game has affected me, and as, as seriously as I treat it, and as much love as I have for it, 
I would say it's enough. To, it's already mentally enough to be in a, a 50, hands down, top 50, no problem. Yeah. Of all time, for me personally, yeah, no problem. That's but fair. I think this deserves somewhere up. I think it could fight somebody on my wall. Could it fight Final Fantasy VI? Uh, mm, <laughs> hey, I don't know if it'd be that high up, but it could be somewhere. Yeah. It, it could be somewhere. Seriously, seriously thinking about that. Uh, also, this is like a mini spoiler. I don't know when it's going to happen, folks. This is episode, this is like tangent four or five something by now. We're, we're 75 something episodes in. So we're talking maybe 200 episodes down the road, but I have put the, I put the, put the notice out to Chris and Adam both. You guys need to take some time in your life and maybe come up with your own top 20 or top 15 or top 10 and, and we'll see what it's like. Yeah. Uh, so sometime down the road, if they decide to do it, you we may just have an entire episode where we just go over our top five. Next episode, go over the next five. Next episode, go over top five of all time. So that's something to look forward to. Um, I will say this, though. Uh, don't rush that for these guys. Don't expect it either because me... I'm using, I'm being very loose with the time frame here because I kind of toss the idea around in my head. But this was an endeavor for me. This took, this took around two years for me to get this list. Granted, this was not a full time job when I did it uh, a decade or so ago. Uh, I didn't spend eight hours a day just, just racking my brain over this list. I worked, excuse me, I worked at it over time. A little bit here and there. Uh, the the easiest the easiest part, honestly, was coming up with like a top list. Period. I just listed out games and started dwindling them down. Okay, I've got four hundred and twenty six games that I played. Let's narrow that down to a top one hundred. Easy. Let's narrow that down to a top fifty. A little harder, but okay. Let's narrow that down to a top twenty five. Uh, stress, and then. I think from 25 to 15 was the hardest. It's it's difficult to do stuff like that, folks, unless you just shit a list out with with little thought. Uh, and how you make your list is is it would be ever up to you. I'm talking to you, Chris and Adam and the audience period if you decide to make your own list. Uh I didn't strictly do mine by categories, but it ended up being down to categories at sometimes. It's just it's it's stressful because you are coming down to picking children like one of our early epi- podcast episodes was you're you're putting games against each other that don't deserve to be against each other. Mm-hmm. They have no right being against each other. And it all comes down to personal preference and how you feel. And it's always been what this podcast has been about. This is this is our opinions. This is how we feel. I don't give a fuck that my neighbor thinks that Skyrim is the number one RPG of all time. Fuck you. That's Final Fantasy VI. Well, <laughs> the numbers and the I don't care. That's how I feel about it. And the same thing comes on my top 15 list. Same thing will be with Chris's top 15 or Adam's top 15 or your top 15. It's how you feel. It's how they add up in your book. Doesn't matter about sales. Doesn't matter about popular opinion. Doesn't matter what the guys at the mall think. It matters about how you feel. So that's just a big, gigantic fucking teaser out there. Sometime in the future, we will have this list. And uh, if Persona 5 manages to get on my list, I will probably talk about it 
talk about who it knocked out whenever that happens. I may not hold that until our episode, our list episode, but sure. Yeah. And <coughs> excuse me. In any event, that's what I'm on now. I'm on persona five and I'm probably going to be on that until I complete it. Uh, I, so the way that from what I'm seeing, I should, if I follow what I'm doing now, I'm going to come I'm going to come up to the next couple months where I can start generating all of my uh personas. I'm already plowing through my my uh per, uh confidant ranks. So I think the guide is telling me that hey, you can have your platinum within a couple months. I'm probably just going to go all the way through the game. I mean, this is not I don't even know why I'm questioning that. I'm, I'm going to go all the way through the game. I want to go back to all those palaces. I want to talk to all those people again. And I want to go through that ending again. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm on right now. So, I'm sorry. The next few episodes for a little while uh, on my week may be, yeah, I'm playing Persona 5. You already know. <laughs> I don't really have a lot of new things to say about this New Game Plus. I do like the New Game Plus additions. Uh, they have made, <coughs> excuse me very much. They definitely have made the gameplay easy. I don't have to get every single persona. Uh, by the way, a quick tip for anybody. If you get, if you get into a battle with anybody, but a mid boss or a boss, uh, if you're wondering if you have them or not, the easiest way to check is just go through the weaknesses. If you show all question marks, you don't have them. But if you have it, it could be that you found the weakness and didn't capture them. But typically, you found their weakness, which means you've used it, which means you brought them down to their weak position, which usually means you have them. That's worked for me so far. But with having all of my, uh, with having my list already filled out, I think I think it said I was at 60, 67, 68 percent so far so I don't have to worry about capturing them I can just beat them once I had my weapons equipped I mean everything is dying within one hit right now so that makes the grinding easier it makes it quicker you still have to grind because you start out with at level one but it makes it so much easier uh, having money I haven't really had to use my money yet except for buying books renting DVDs uh most of my spend, my spending has been very nil right now. But I'm saying that right now. I know when it comes time to make my personas, that's going to be out the window. I'm going to have to start grinding for money. I've got a few ideas of how I'm going to do it and when I'm going to do it. But I know that's going to be very costly. Uh, because you're going to want to have a persona to up to a certain level to have another persona and you have to buy them from your own compendium and yada 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 but i'm not worried about that right now not right now uh so yeah it's 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 really a pretty lax convenient stride right now and it's not that i wasn't focusing on it my first playthrough but i'm strictly worrying about the story about the confidants about about the dialogue and all that so yeah been been a, been a pretty much a breeze so far and even with it being a breeze and even with me already knowing everything even with me have already i've already put all the work in to make this breeze easy i'm still enjoying it 
I'm still just mm, when I get into a new area and, and hear the music and uh, Chris, this game was designed so well. <laughs> like you can, this game is a testament to somebody going, okay, stop this scene right here. What's going on here? Okay, how can we make? How can we add a little bit of life? How can we add a little bit of flair? Not too much, not crazy, but. You know, hey, it's raining outside. Let's still have the same core themes, but have them a little bit off. Take out take out one or two of the instruments so the core music is still there, but it adds a little bit of a somber tone to it. You know, just little touches like that throughout this entire game on every design aspect. I love when the screen is black. And your character drops down from the ceiling and then he sprints off to the side and it just kicks up a little bit like a curtain kicks up. Just little shit like that is all throughout this game. And I'm still loving it today, even after putting all those hours into it. Uh, some of it's being new all over again, but the majority of it's just, ah, I'm back home. I love this. This is so good. This game is so good. I love it. That is going to do it for my week. Chris, all right. Mike is all yours, brother. All right. Um, so I went into this week thinking, uh, or I should say, yeah, I went to this week after our last episode. I was like, man, I'm just going to have Assassin's Creed Odyssey to talk about, and that's going to be it because it's going to take so much time. I have four games to talk about. Um, so I'll, I'll start off with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I am down to one achievement left. I haven't opened up everything on the map, um, but I'm still hunting that one point for the one quest that I was talking about last week. Mm -hmm. I got to the point. So what I'm doing now, because I know based on the treasure map that what I need is near water. I am running along the entire outline <laughs> of every landmass on the map. Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do, you know? And this is a huge map. I spent, I want to say, an hour and a half, two hours running. I'm like halfway mm -hmm. on the top left continent, the thing, the actual part of the uh, continent. I haven't even got to the islands yet. So, yeah. and it's probably on an island. I should probably start with the islands. But I was like, no, I'm going to start in the top left, work my way, you know, top to bottom, left to right. Um, or I should say left to right, top to bottom. Uh, I have a method I'm going to use. So I don't want to make sure I miss anything. Man. But that's that's my last achievement is this quest uh, line. And this is my mm -hmm. last set of side quests I have to do. I think I've done every other one. Um, unless completing this opens up more, I should be done with them. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I was opening up the points of interest and uh, stuff like that. But it just... I was so... Uh, fed up with it. I was like, all right, I'm going to complete this quest eventually. And so I'm only focused on it now. I'm not even doing any other point of interest unless they're in my way. Um, and uh, I think I knocked out like eight achievements that I had uh, to get to the one left. Uh, mm -hmm. But I put apparently 20 hours into it. I was like, I only played it a couple of days. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was like a nine and a half day a six-hour day, wow. stuff like that, um, ended up being about 20 hours. 
but I'll I'll finish it up eventually. I'm I'm kind of uh, not super on hold with it, but it's not my top focus anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of, I'll probably go back to it maybe tomorrow. Um, but I'm also working on other stuff. I uh, kind of non-gaming related. I did a bunch of coding over the weekend, which is how I don't know how I have 20 hours on Odyssey when I spent so much time coding, but uh, made a lot of progress on the stuff I'm working on. Uh, hopefully I'll have something that I can, you know, show the actual devs um, in the next week or so. Um, but it's just been so much fun coding. It's nice to actually have a purpose um, on a project I'm working on. Yeah. Um, and then, so I, well, I won't get to that. That's a transition point for a topic. Um, so Tuesday, the Spider-Man DLC dropped. Mm-hmm. I didn't play it Tuesday because the, uh, Fallout 76 beta dropped Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. there's something interesting with the beta. Um, They're not having it run the entire time period. There are certain hours they're bringing the servers up for everybody to test, and then they're bringing them back down to work on. Um, It's, I mean, I I totally get it. Um, It makes complete sense from a, you know, uh, development and planning and, you know, adjusting viewpoint because you know what's the point in having it up all the time if you're not just not changing anything you know yeah so you yeah. have basically two weeks of the same testing this way okay it was up for four hours i played it the entire four hours ran some issues um i don't think i had anything worth reporting um they i'm sure they saw everything, all the lag and stuff on their side too um, mm-hmm. and there are enough people complaining about that they already knew uh but, um, yeah, so they brought it down, and then it'll be back up uh, Saturday. Um, so that's, what, four days in between? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So that, that's a good amount of time. I will be really curious to see how much different it is on Saturday, if there are obvious performance increases, um, stuff like that. Uh, the only real big issues... I had uh, was performance it and it wasn't bad at first but when I got into a crowded area it got bogged down sometimes depending on how much of stuff was going on in that area of the map and um, it would also bog down I guess after I ran the game for a while because near the end of my session it got choppier and I would just the screen would completely freeze with lag for you know, three to five seconds at a time sometimes. Mm. Um, but overall, um, the the gameplay felt like what I remember Fallout 4 feeling like, which makes sense. It's based on Fallout 4's, you know, system. It's not a new game uh, or a new engine, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's built off 4, so gameplay was there. Um, the, I'm not entirely certain how I feel about the multiplayer aspect of it right now, mainly because 
I wasn't playing it with people I knew. So anyone I ran right. into, it was complete strangers. And that's, you know, that's a mixed bag with multiplayer games. Um, I didn't even plug my headset in because I did not want to hear what anybody was saying. Uh, uh, knowing that it was a beta. Um, the I didn't do anything PvP related. Uh, I don't think that a lot of people were. I think a lot of people were just checking out the world, the you know uh, mechanics and stuff. I didn't see any PvP uh, to even participate, and I saw other people. And I had someone near the beginning, you know, try to karate chop me in the back of the head. Uh, but <laughs> PvP isn't even enabled until you're level five. Uh. So I I thought that you know it could have started something but i just ignored the person and moved on and i guess they didn't you know feel like chasing me uh or they knew it was disabled and they were just doing it for laps uh but yeah um let's see the the vat system is interesting because it doesn't slow down time uh the percentages for your hits uh Normally in Fallout, you go pull it vats. It's a, it's not stopped, but it's a very, very, very slow motion. And mm-hmm. your percentage pretty much doesn't change unless they're like right around the corner and happen to come out 10 seconds into vats running, you know. Um, but with the time not stopping, the percentage is constantly jumping for vats on your shot. So while you're not having mm-hmm. to aim, I found it to be borderline useless a lot of times. Um, what I used it for was actually finding enemies because I would just pull up vats and <laughs> if it didn't do anything, okay, no enemies that way. Yeah. Um, which it still takes AP. So you can't just spam it com- the entire time. You have to actually let your stuff rebuild. Um, I don't know. It's let me, uh, I think I actually took some notes. I should probably pull those up. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Character customization. There's, I, I'm having a hard time remembering what kind of customization was in four, uh, but I believe this one is expanded upon. And there's there's a decent amount of customization you can do. I think I spent like 20 minutes on mine, which is more than I usually do, but a lot of it was learning how to use the system. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it was a system from four I just didn't use or if it was actually new and I was learning it for the first time. Uh, it's been quite a while since I played four. Um, what I what I wonder is if this cut. I, I wonder I wonder this for any customization, any mm-hmm. character customization out there. A prime example of what I'm bringing up here is Dark Souls. You can spend a lot of time in Dark Souls making a customized character. Yes, the customization in that game is kind of garbage. The haircuts are atrocious, and they're you only have a few to select from. But you can you can spend some time making a custom character in Dark Souls. Guess what? You put a helmet on, which you're gonna carry on most of the gameplay. You're never gonna see your fucking face. So, how does this translate into Fallout 76 that you've seen so far? Like, are you gonna make this custom character, and then the customization is pretty much gonna be lost, or what? So. At the beginning, I'm trying to think. I don't even think you craft helmets. Um, I'm trying to think I crafted body, arms. Yeah, I don't think I crafted a helmet. Um, you get a couple items at the start. Uh, 
you get glasses and you get a party hat um, to wear about. So the party hat looks weird with most haircuts because it doesn't sit on top of it. Um, so that was a little awkward. But later on, I actually got power armor, which has a helmet. But when I went to uh, third person, uh, I didn't have the helmet on. I could see my character's head. So I don't know if that's just because I was using essentially a power armor that was kind of stripped down. Because uh, go figure, you have to be level 25 to use the ones I found. So I actually had to take mm-hmm. parts out of it and then put on the frame for a more uh, minor boost to everything. Um, so this I don't is know. good to know. I like this. Yeah. And I would imagine that like a lot of modern games, you have an option of where you want, whether or not you want to wear the helmet. You know, this, or display. Yeah, this is true as well. Uh, on but Assassin's, I, I found... Go ahead, go ahead. On Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I don't think I mentioned it, but you can totally do that as well. You just hit the like right uh, thumbstick in when you're in the menu, and it disables or enables your helmet. Nice. Yeah, I found when I was playing... Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen was the latest example for me that, I mean, it's, a, it's an MMORPG, so of course there are going to be tons of armor... Uh, types to select from and mixing and matching and having the ability to have an armor on but have it look like another one Mm -hmm. uh, the glamour system all that i love all that and i would spend a good deal of time making my character's face the way i want to and then i would there would be like seven helmets that like, I love all of these helmets. I never not want to have a helmet on. And it's, it's that toss up between, do I want to display my awesome face and hair? Or do I want to have this fucking badass helmet? I hate, I hate that decision. It's not something I would ever want a game to take out though. That's, that's not what I'm getting at at all. If, if I, I, it's nice to know that whether you want to have a helmet on or off, you're going to be able to display your character the way that you want to. I, I like that is a awesome thing to have to decide between, you know? Yeah. Um, overall, I mean, it's about the level of customization I expect from a fallout game. If they expand upon it before we release, cool. If not, I'm okay with that as well. Um, I did only check out the male character. I didn't even look at the female customizations at that point. Maybe uh, Saturday, which I don't know if progress gets swiped in between. I would expect not, but maybe it does. If it gets swiped, maybe I'll create a female character just to see what the customizations op- options, how they differ. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, there are the... Uh, I, I was trying to take a note of many games. I only ran into one though that you get near the very beginning, uh, where you're, it's it's called something like beer tapper, and you you're filling up uh, uh, mugs of beer and uh, or pitchers, I guess is more accurate, and sliding them down a bar, and you have to catch the empty ones. So there are many games again. Uh, something on that same vein that is more interesting to me than the actual mini games is because this is a multiplayer game and it has the computer terminals where the person literally goes up and starts typing, I was concerned about that MMO issue where, all right, we all have this quest objective. Let's line up to talk to the NPC. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not a problem. You get close enough to get the prompt, you pull up your Pip-Boy and interact with it. So you can have probably up to five people around it at a time, I would guess, based on how close you had to get to trigger it. That's awesome. I'm totally cool nice. with that. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I started a running tally of how many times I got disconnected from the server. I got <laughs> up to one, which was good. Uh, I only got disconnected once, which was pretty amazing, all things considered. Um, but yeah, it was more the stuttering that really uh, was an issue. Had an amusing bug where I went to lay down in a bed and my camera angle went wonky, which it is what it is. You're right next to a wall. It happens. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, okay, I'm going to get up because I'm tired of staring at the inside of a wall. So I got up and my character appeared on the other side of the wall <laughs> in a room I hadn't even been in. It was some like I went to bed in essentially parents' room and woke up in the kids' room. Wow. It's like I was, you know, a kid all over again. You know, Uncle Roy moving mm. me out of the living room into my bed, you know. Uh, <laughs> it was it was an amusing moment. Um, but there were fairly minimal bugs, all things considered. Um, I think really the stuttering, the performance in general, is their biggest issue they have to work through. Um, the So getting into mechanics, the... The perk system is interesting um, with the cards. Um, There are... So the way it works is you have one point in each uh, special attribute to start with. Um, And that means you can equip up to one point's worth of special in that slot. Uh, Most cards early on cost one point worth of special. So as you level, you can generally put you know, however many cards you have for points. Um, mm-hmm. I think near the end of my session, I did get one card that cost two points. So it would have replaced, you know, taking both my points I had for that slot. Um, there are also level gates on cards. Um, I don't know how bad that is. I got a bunch of level five cards. Uh, now that I think about it, actually, I think I got my card pack early. Because I think it was the card pack that is supposed to be level 5, I think. I think I got a level 4 or a level 3 mm. or something like that. Uh, so I got cards for level 5, which wasn't a big deal. I mean, when I hit 5, I just went in and equipped them all. And I didn't feel hindered um, in the meantime. Uh, when you are picking a special when you level... It will actually tell you which cards you can equip there. So you're not guessing, oh, do I need to put a point here? You can actually go, okay, I want to look at strength. All right, I don't really care about any of those cards I have available. I'll go put it into another slot where I have a card I want to use. And then when I get a strength card, then I'll level strength up. Um, mm-hmm. So overall, it's an interesting system, and I don't really, I don't really see any issues with it yet. Uh, I got up to level, I want to say I might have hit 7 in the last 10 minutes or so, but I know I got to 6 for sure. I'd have to go back and check my footage to see if I hit 7 or not. Um, Mm -hmm. Levels didn't seem to make a huge difference. Um, The weapon customization is pretty much exactly like it was in 4. 
but there are some quality of life improvements on it. Uh, like you can, and I don't know if this was in four, it's been a while since I played, or if they added the four later on, um, but you can filter to only show things that are craftable. Um, so that instead of scrolling through 50 recipes, you only see the three you can craft, especially early on when you don't have anything. Um, the, the camp system, I didn't really use uh, until later on after my disconnect because when I reloaded back into the server after the disconnect, it spawned me way across the map from where I was. Uh, I don't think I lost anything. I think it was just basically my home point was set at that camp I was last visiting, uh, which is a story one. I hadn't actually put one down myself until uh, after my disconnect when I got much further on the map and I was like, I don't want to be teleported back if I disconnect again, so I'm going to put it down. Um, I built a couple uh, workbenches, and I just did some stuff and left it there. Um, I I need to check the prompts when I can, but I didn't see a way to pick it back up. Um, I, so it might just stay there until you go to place it somewhere else. Um, and placing it somewhere else costs you a few bottle caps. I don't know if it is a variable, but it cost, it would have cost me five. Um, but I didn't play long enough after that to bother with putting it down anywhere else. Um, I just wanted a decent home point. Uh, mm-hmm. There are places on the map uh, where events happen, world events. So people can convene there and... Uh, you know, work on this little quest and share rewards. Uh, one concern with that is, okay, well, the map's pretty large, so getting over there by the time it's not, by the time it's, uh, or before it's done, I should say, uh, might not happen. So what they did is they added in a fast travel system, so it'll cost you a few caps to get there. Um, I'm sure it'll be better later on, but right now, being low level, I hadn't run into a merchant yet, so I hadn't been able to sell stuff. It would have taken like half my caps to teleport. It was like 17. I only had like 25 or something like that. Um, oh, wow. Which is because, like I said, I hadn't sold anything yet. Um, right, right. And when I got to a merchant, I'd already broken everything down for materials. So I was like, well, that's great. Um, uh, one thing, I'm not sure if it's going to stay, but when I reconnected, I don't know if I got a different instance or what, but all the stuff I'd picked up had respawned. So when it respawned me back at that story camp, uh, there were recipes you pick up to learn. You know, like you get your first bed recipe, stuff like that, you know, beginner stuff. Mm-hmm. But those recipes sell for like 100 caps. So, okay, free caps, because you can't <laughs> use it more than once. So that that's something that'll have to be considered, you know, long-term when it comes to uh, managing an economy system. Because uh, mm-hmm. that would just destroy it. Not that Fallout's terrible with uh, making money anyway in the long run. Uh, or at least Fallout 4 wasn't. But it's something that needs to be uh, considered. Um, there are... So with the leveling, there are different challenges you can do. Um, and I didn't write down the categories, but they are in different categories of like, uh, I want to say uh, weekly challenges, 
uh, daily challenges or they're broken down into like uh, combat. I really need to pull it back up, just, but it's, it's divided in different categories. Um, and it seems like that's going to be a daily way to get experience and maybe some caps and stuff. Uh, maybe some cards, if that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, it felt like I was playing Fallout 4. I mean, um, not a huge difference other than the environment, of course. Um, and the VAT system was probably the biggest combat difference. But I enjoyed 4, so I imagine I'll enjoy this. What I really... Like I said, I'm still not sure about how I feel about being multiplayer. I think what I want to do when it's available is just to play on a private server, you know, with a bunch of friends and just leave it at that. I don't know if I would actually want to go full public server, PvP and everything, even though PvP system, from what I've heard, because I didn't experience it firsthand yet, I'm okay with it, but... I don't know. Every time I ran to a person, I was like, I'm annoyed you're here. I just want to <laughs> play the game. You know, you're getting in my yeah. way. You're killing enemies. Um, another point I didn't write down. Um, glad I just reminded myself. So loot around the world uh, in containers and stuff is independent from other characters. So you don't have to worry about them looting a box before oh, you. Oh, nice, nice. However, loot from enemies... Uh-oh is shared so if i kill this enemy someone else runs up and grabs you know the meat or hide off of it well sucks to be me Mm. um and i i didn't really have that happen (sighs) um it was i had a couple instances where i helped someone kill something or they helped me um but they didn't like take everything um one where I helped him and I expected to get nothing out of it because I was just like, all right, he's getting attacked. I'll kill the stuff and walk away. I walked away and when I walked back, when the body still had stuff on it, that, the one that was closest to me. So he had left it for me, I'm assuming, or he just didn't see it. But I'm, I'm assuming he's a nice guy, gal, you know? They, they were being a good person. Um, so. Um, I did Since I wasn't really paying attention to multiplayer, I don't know how you know, sharing stuff works anyway. I don't know if you can just like, if dropping it works like in four and it just goes to the ground and anybody can pick it up. Uh, I didn't think to test that. Um, So it, I don't know. With the way containers work, I would suspect that you can't put stuff in containers to share. Um, Maybe if you're in a party or something like that, because I didn't party up with anyone at all. Uh, there are a lot of mechanics I'm realizing as I talk about. I still have no idea about. Um, but, I mean, I played for four hours. I enjoyed what I played. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it's going to be a bad game. They just need to fix the performance issues. Yeah. Uh, any other questions come to mind about it? Uh, so, if I'm not mistaken, Fallout 76 is basic, it's it's stand, it's strict multiplayer, correct? There yes. isn't an offline component to it. It's It's all the multiplayer. Right. Closest to offline would be a private server. Right. Because we're all waiting for Fallout, I guess, 5. I guess yes. that's the... That's yeah, the next so. big installment. Right. This is an experiment. I mean... Uh, it kind of puts me at a weird place with Fallout 76 because 
I want to be. I, I want to ask questions like, "What is it? What else is it offering? What's what new is it bringing to the table? What's the pizzazz? What's the what's the what's the hook? What's the what's the key difference here?" But the fact that it's kind of like a like a placeholder for the next one, not not really. The prospect of a straight multiplayer Fallout doesn't yeah, it doesn't really do it for me. Uh, it my my next big turn is waiting for fallout five and going okay i slept on new vegas i slept on four what's five doing what's mm-hmm. five bringing to the table so for now eh, i'm kind of kind of nondescript about yeah i mean and i'll six. like i'm like i was kind of saying i i'm probably gonna play it strictly as a multi as a single player game even though it's multiplayer there are quest lines to follow you know there's things to do so if I never grew up, group up with another person, I'm okay with that. If it's more, you know, Fallout 4, essentially. Um, so moving on from that, uh, yesterday I picked up the uh, Spider-Man DLC. Um, mm-hmm. Funny thing, you know, normally when you uh, buy a game like on Xbox, it'll install it for you. Or if you have the game installed and you buy DLC, it'll typically install it depending on what kind of DLC it is, whether it's included in the game or not. And so I went online, of course, because I refuse to attach payment methods to my PlayStation account anymore. Went on Amazon, <laughs> ordered the DLC, put in my code on the uh, PlayStation Store website. Didn't have an option to add it to my download list. I was like, okay, must be part of the game. I open up the game. And on the load screen where you're choosing, or when you're choosing, excuse me, on the which game to load screen, uh, I clicked it and it was giving me my options or something else. And at the bottom it said, oh, the uh, DLC is available. Press this button to go to the store. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're not telling me I have it. So is this just an ad in general, or is this smart enough to know if I have it or not? So I hit the button, go to the store. It's like, oh, you don't have it downloaded. It's like, okay, great. So I hit download, and it was like two gigs. And because I have fast internet, it took me a whole like six minutes. You know, first world problems. Uh, now nah, I was fine. It, it took a minute to download, but I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll just wait. <laughs> it's not like it's a 30 gig download. Um, mm mm-hmm. So, I bought the, it's like 25 bucks for all three, uh, uh-huh. instead of 10 bucks each, I think is the standard price. Um, I'm a little disappointed in the uh, value there, because I paid 25 bucks, now we'll say 8 bucks for this one in, independently, paid 8 bucks for the DLC I played yesterday. I 100% the DLC yesterday wow. in three and a half hours. Wow. So, yeah. Now, the base game wasn't long either. Um, and even 100%ing it wasn't that long. But still, three and a half hours? It's like, eh. I, I don't feel like enough was added to justify that. Um, That's... Yeah, the story was okay. Um, I 
I have issues with the story, but not because of uh, like bad writing or whatever. It's just the content matter kind of annoyed me. It's one of those things that uh, it's let's see the best way to put this. It's a topic that I don't think should have been used the way it was, but that's mm-hmm. just me as a person. You know, mm-hmm. that's not saying the game shouldn't do it. That's just something I don't like seeing done. Um, so I had a little bit of a issue with the story. Um, but aside from that, it, I don't know, the, the, there was more of the same when it came to the, uh, crime events on the map. Those didn't change much. It was just who it was essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. the side, uh, what do you call them? The, uh, like in the base game, the drones and stuff, uh, the mini quests. Just the side quests? Not, yeah, I guess. No. Side, well, see, side yeah. quests are something different, too. <laughs> yeah, that um, is true. Um, and there was one side quest line, I believe, for uh, the DLC. Now, something that I didn't realize is that... Side missions? Mm-hmm. Uh they're, they're mini games, essentially. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Something I didn't realize is that all three parts of this DLC are the same part of the same storyline. So they're not like three different storylines. Um, this DLC ended with to be continued. Um, mm. It wrapped up with what it was covering. But then, you know, something else is going to happen related to it in the next one. Right. Based on what I'm seeing. And like I said, the way they've said it to be continued. Um, So, I don't know. But if we get nine hours of story content for 25 bucks, yeah, I don't know. And that's probably being generous with nine hours because I spent three and a half hours that also included doing everything on the map. Um, Not that they added a whole lot. Um but the map objectives, uh, there's a new one um, related to Screwball from the base game. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, another one related to the side quest that you can do. Um, but it's basically a finding thing. Um Something also interesting I found was that you actually have a menu to choose which part of the game you're playing. So there's a tab now on the UI when you're paused that says DLC. And it lists main game, uh, this DLC, and it has two placeholders for the other one with the little banners. Um, and you mm-hmm. actually have to go in and click DLC 1, uh, whatever the name is, I already forgot it. Uh and it, it, um, I don't remember if it, I guess you'd say it reloads the game or the map, uh, I should say, um, cause it spawned me somewhere else and then immediately put me into a cutscene. So instead of it naturally being part of the game world, you're actually, uh, doing this on the side, uh, completely isolated from anything else you're doing in the main game. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't think I've seen this before. It's very interesting. Um, 
the the whole I mean I I can kind of understand it from the sense of you know depending where you are in the story you know things may not necessarily be compatible but Normally, that's not an issue. You just unlock it after the game ends or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or unlock it where it makes sense in the story and things won't conflict with it. Uh, I don't know. It's There's also some minor things. Like, I kept getting told whenever, you know, I finished the mission and it wanted me to go do side stuff. It was like, do side stuff to upgrade your armor and equipment. I 100% the game before. Everything's fully upgraded. So... Stop giving me that prompt. You know, it's minor things, but yeah, I, I'm I'm disappointed. Um, mainly in the length of it. Um, like I said, the story was okay. Um, if you do the side quest, it's better. <laughs> um, you get more information, more background. Um, but there still should have been more content there. I wonder, given given the polish of Spider-Man 2018, given the budget and the money and all that, and I'm not using this as an excuse at all, I think the DLC, I mean, a game coming out and a game telling you that, hey, we're also going to have two, uh, usually three DLC packs down the road. Hey, man, how about this? How about you take an extra four or five months with a game and give me the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to fucking milk this out like you're doing. You're doing it for the money. Let's, let's be real here. Yeah. Absolutely. So I wonder, so I wonder if the, the amount of money put in this game is the reason why this, this, this DLC and potentially the next two as well are, are, are is now and are going to be so short. And that bugs me if it is. You know, yeah. it's like, you don't have to do that. We, uh, don't, we don't need to be milked. Just <laughs> give us the whole thing. Yeah, one thing I do understand to a certain extent is that this is kind of a... And it'll depend how the next two flesh out. But so far, this seems to be a, you know, insight into Black Cat. Uh, so... And it has no, or I should say very little, association with the base game. Um, uh-huh. And now that I, I was thinking about it just now, um, going back to it being uh, a separate thing, I wonder when you are able to play the DLC. If you own it and just start the game brand new, you've never played it before, if you have the option to play the DLC. Um, because there are a couple mentions that would be spoiler for uh, near the end of the main game. Um, hmm. So it seems like something That's that good... should unlock after you beat the game. Uh, yeah. So I, I can see from that perspective. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I can, like I was saying, I can understand it being a side thing just based on it's kind of a different arc going into the background of a character. Um Unrelated to the main story, essentially. Uh, yeah. I sort of get it, but you know, too short. Too short. So, that leads me into my final game, 
and the uh, catalyst for today's topic. Da, 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 da. I picked up, after watching Day 9, bless his heart, play Magic the Gathering Arena. So, Magic the Gathering Arena is a free-to-play version of the Magic card game. Now, I haven't played a whole lot of Magic in a long time, but watching him play, and he was doing the draft, you know, with his advanced knowledge and all this stuff. uh, I mentioned before I watched him on Spell Slingers, where he plays against other people who have some or none or a lot of experience. Um, It's just a good time. But watching him play, I was like, okay, the the game, the game basically breaks down when you can do stuff. So there's half the challenge, you know, done. I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe I should give Magic a try. It's free. What what does it hurt, right? Yeah. So I picked it up, and boy, does it suck to suck. Oh um, <laughs> God. Oh, man, you are good at making me wonder where you're going, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, I So I picked it up, load up, and it gives you, you pick essentially um, a color you want to start with. It gives you a free deck. Um, And I'll get into it. There are money purchases you can make, but I didn't do any of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But they give you a free starting deck. And the way it works is you have every day, I don't know how many it's limited to, but every day so far that I've played, I have a quest that just says, play a game, and we'll give you another deck. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And you get all the cards that are in the deck, so you can mix and match and make your own deck. Um, and as you play, you unlock cards and stuff. But so, I went in, played, uh, did essentially placement matches. I got bronze two. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with myself. That's almost silver, you know? And I was just going to play some matches with the base green deck. Uh-huh. Well, that didn't last long. Um, and I'm going to throw out there that they have big issues with the ranking system anyway. Um, mm-hmm. It's not it's not well done. Um, and I'm also going to throw out this out there. I probably should have mentioned from the start. This is a beta version of this game. It's not full release. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm okay with there being some minor issues. Um, and another reason I started playing the game is I heard someone say they won't be wiping data anymore. Uh, so nothing, my progress won't be lost when it goes to the full, I hope. Um, so I started playing, got my bronze two placement. I am currently bronze four, which is the lowest you can go. Mm-hmm. And with the way the system is, I'm, I believe I'm going negative, because um, I'll win you're the a- lowest you can go, but you're still going down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I'll win a match and the bar doesn't go up. I'll have to win two mm. or three for the bar to even go. Okay, you've won enough. We think you deserve some progress on it. Um, wow. So it's yeah. I, I don't think I'm terrible, but um, part of it is you start out with a not very good deck, and the ones you win or you unlock with the daily quests are okay. Um, but you're not going to get a real, a, a great deck unless you build it yourself, essentially, you know? Um, so I'm all that aside, I'm enjoying the game. Um, I enjoy it more when I win, but 
losing is usually a learning experience and I'm gradually getting better at the game. Um, it always feels good when you have someone give up, um, when <laughs> they have twice as much health as you do. Wow. Um, yeah. Cause I'll just like wipe the board and I'll have like five creatures out or something with certain decks and they're like, all right, I'm going to end up dying. So I'm just going to stop now. Um, uh, but there are times where I lose and I haven't even damaged the opponent. It's brutal at times. Um, so many times of getting mana screwed or mana flooded um, or getting no creatures, but all I have are spells and land. Um, it's, I mean, it's the way it goes with card games. You know, you yeah. draw good, you draw bad. Um, you have good cards, you have bad cards. Uh, but I've certainly learned a lot more about magic than I ever knew before, um, mechanic-wise. I don't remember it being that complicated. But I also haven't played since, like, the third series of cards, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, kind of uh, transition. Uh, what uh, Have you played Magic? I never have played Magic and I, you you've done such a good segue. I hate to fucking put a put a, a quick break on on the segue, Chris, but okay. there's one news thing we should have talked about earlier. I blame myself on this. Uh games done quick. Express starts in about 18 hours. Ah. Yeah. Uh, really quick, we're not going to spend a whole 20 minutes mm-hmm. on this. Uh, just uh, GDQ Express is something that's new to me as well. Uh, if you've heard us talk about GDQ before, same premise. Uh, I think this one runs for a shorter length of time. It's like two or three days. I'm trying to pull up the schedule really quick so I can blaze through what's being played. Yeah, and this is the first time they've done this. Oh, yeah. That's why it's baby fresh new for, yeah. for me and for everybody. <laughs> uh some key notes. Uh, we got Sonic Mania is going to be played in this one. There's going to be a Mega Man 9 versus Mega Man 10. That's That that fucking sounds interesting as hell. Uh, let's see. Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Metal Storm. Don- Donkey Kong 5. At, never mind. It's not worth my time. <laughs> uh, Shantae. Sure, I'll check out a Shantae. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I'll take that. 80%. Funky Mode. Okay. Titanfall, Titanfall 2. Okay. Hour and a half of Titanfall 2. I'll watch that. Kirby Superstar. Sonic Advance. Mega Man X2. Mega Man X. Uh, Link Between Worlds. Resident Evil 2. Claire A and Leon A for the GameCube. Super Metroid. Link to the Past. Combo Randomizer. Okay. And a two-player randomizer. Okay, yeah, it sounds interesting. Uh, some Tazbot stuff thrown in there. Mario 64 seems like it's going to be the round out for it. So, cool. Uh, I realize if this is 2023 and you're hearing this, this means jack to you, except for <laughs> you can probably go back into YouTube's history or whatever video streaming site we're using in 2023 hopefully still youtube and look up the gdqx 2018 schedule like i said it's about three days long and 
There we go. Always try to push out GDQ stuff. So back on topic. <laughs> I have never played Magic a day in my life. Not for lack of interest, because the the I could play card games and the fantasy aspect of it is interesting to me. The competitive nature has been a steer away and the obvious uh it's about the cards you have i i I would imagine the person that we needed to have on this episode chris would be uh he's been a guest on one of our episodes in the past uh named michael uh, another michael Uh, he plays magic the gathering currently he's a big he's an avid fan of it and avid player of it so uh, Mike, if you're listening to this, forgive me for any slandering that I make about this game. <laughs> uh, please email us any corrections. That'd be a good episode of corrections to <laughs> to read off. But I, I, I guess I guess an argument could be made that it's not only the cards that you have; it's how you play the cards. Uh, mm. I'm not sure how magic works as far as. Like, do you pick a loadout, or is it random? So then if it's random, then it truly is, at the end of the day, about what you have. Uh, could I get into it? Yeah. I mean, as much as I can get into D&D, it's in my wheelhouse of something that I could play. But have I ever not... I, I've never even close up looked at the cards. So. Yeah, so as I'm sure you're aware, um, my mom like to go to the flea market out uh, nearby where we lived at, um, along with probably, I'm sure your mom's been out there a few times. Uh, mm-hmm. And she one day picked up a bunch of magic cards for me. Um, I think it was a just a black deck. Um, uh-huh. And I had no clue how to play. I liked reading the text on them, though. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, Which that, that's what I was going to ask. Like, why did, did she just pick them up? Because they looked fantasy-related and she thought uh, you'd be interested? Who knows? It's one of the things she probably bought because it was cheap and she thought, why not? <laughs> um, But, yeah, so I had those cards for a long time. I have no idea where they are now. Um, I don't know if I even still have them. I don't know if they're in storage or anything. Um, I don't recall seeing them. But... I had them for years and I would every once in a while just pull them out and uh, kind of go through and look at the pictures and read the flavor text because they have some great writing on them. Uh, The art on the cards is pretty good too. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially now they're so good. Um, But something that appeals now is that since this is online, I'm getting cards to play with that don't cost me anything, you know? Oh yeah. Um, they gave me a free deck, which is 60 cards, uh, including the land. And those cards are mine to do what I will with. Um, you can earn the cards as you play, and you earn wild cards, which you can exchange for any card of that rarity. Uh, so that's a really cool system, I think. Uh, so instead of getting you know screwed and missing a card forever, hey, You've earned away a free card of your choice, essentially. Nice. So, go get it. Um, I haven't used any of mine yet, so I'm kind of racking them up. But I think they give you a good amount to start with. Um, so, if you want them, uh, want to use them, you can. Um, I still know very little about the game. It's not like I, 
I have very few cards memorized. Um, there are certain ones like Murder, which I know about because I'm tired of my creatures getting insta-killed with them. Uh, stuff like that. But it's been interesting mm -hmm. getting back into it. And uh, there are still rules that pop up, you know, because it doesn't... The tutorial is like, yeah, you attack and tap your mana and stuff. It gives you the basic instructions, but it doesn't go like, all right. So you have your main phase, and then before you initiate your combat phase, you can do something. And then after you start combat, you can do something. Uh, and then you can attack, and then you can do something. Um, and then once combat resolves, you can have your second phase, and you can do something. And then you're done. And it's like, okay, so there's like eight phases to wow. one turn. And it's not even counting the other person's stuff <laughs> that they can do. They have certain, they have like two times, three times, whatever, however many times they can play. Aside from instance, mm -hmm. that can happen anytime. Or I guess that's still when they can do stuff. But it's like, all right, this is way more complicated than I remember. Um, <laughs> but it does a good job of going and it has all icons like, all right. That you're at this phase and you it's pretty friendly as far as UI goes um, yeah there's a add-on on Twitch um, which I don't know if you've seen this on Twitch where they have like the overlays and stuff uh, some of them are built in like the uh, Twitch Prime one is always enabled pretty much everywhere um, hmm. but then they also have other ones where people can make them and then other people can use them. Uh, there is a very, very awesome one for Magic the Gathering Arena where it actually, you can hover as a viewer, hover over the screen and look at what a card is. Um, so like, it's not going to be readable when you have 16 cards on the screen and a draft, but you can hover over each one and it'll zoom in for you and you can read it. Um, or if there's like a stack of cards like in a player's graveyard, you can click it and it'll show you all the cards in their graveyard and you can hover over them and look at them and stuff. From a viewing nice. perspective, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it works, but it works really well. Mm -hmm. um, every mm -hmm. once in a while, if you've been watching for a while, you'll get out of sync a little bit. If you had like stuttering and whatnot, you just refresh and you're fine. Um, but that's the biggest issue I've seen with it. But it's a real good tool for seeing what's going on as a viewer and kind of reading the cards because like watching day nine he rarely reads cards he's like okay play this play this play this you know he knows what they all say um, yeah. uh, it's also interesting like on the draft it actually has you can click on one and vote on it and the streamer will see it's like oh everybody's voting that I should get this card okay or no you're all wrong and get a different one um mm. So, yeah, real cool viewer interaction. Um, have you played any card games? I have. Okay. I've played two card games <laughs> in my life, uh, but they are nowhere near in the realm of scope and capacity and, 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 and complication as Magic the Gathering or, or even like a virtual one like Hearthstone. Uh, one of which I've only played a couple times. I own, but I've only played a couple times. It's it's called uh, Nuts. And it's it's like a supposed to be like a 
humoristic game where you have to you're playing as different squirrels and you're trying to (laughs) squirrel away different nuts and the cards are all themed like with lewd versions of what's going on like hey grab my nuts it's 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 Uh, i forget all the rules i've only played it once with a bunch of friends i own a box because i had so much fun playing with it but i've never the other game i've played i've gotten way more interest in playing than that one uh the other game that i played extensively is a game that i hope you've played chris if you haven't i hope you get a chance to with some friends a local place even even family friends whatever it's a game called one night ultimate werewolf it is a long word or a long name i get that apparently you can just shorten it to werewolf and pretty much anybody that knows these kind of Mm -hmm. games knows what we're talking about I first saw this game played on uh, Game Grumps had a tabletop show they did. Yeah, I've seen some of those. I forget what that. I forget what it's called. Uh, I don't remember either. It's been too long. Uh, uh, I need to figure that out. That's gonna bug me. <laughs> but anyways, this was one of the first uh, games that they played on the show that I remember being very interested in because one of the one of my favorite card games like actual deck of cards is called is called bullshit and the idea in bullshit is that you're trying to collect more cards than somebody else or, or you're trying to discard your cards it's actually been quite some time since i played bullshit but you're trying to put cards face down and you're trying to call what you have or you try you you call out what you put down and how many and people can call bullshit on you if they flip the cards over and find out your bullshit you have to pick up those cards and everything underneath if you weren't lying and they called you out on it they had to pick up all the cards so yeah the idea is you're trying to get rid of all your cards i love i love games like that i love deceptive games like that mm-hmm. one night ultimate werewolf or werewolf is a game played with you ideally you want to play this with like you want to play this with as many people as possible i think the maximum i don't even know the maximum today chris because the game got an upgrade and the cards got doubled (laughs) so you could potentially play this game with like 40 something people i don't know how the flying fuck you would do that but i have played it here in my house with a maximum of i think we had 14 or 15 people and man, oh, such a such a that has been the most entertainment I've had in a, in a house like a party kind of situation ever, hands down. So the idea is there are two types of people in this game. There are werewolves and there are not werewolves. There are people on the side. There are werewolves and people on the sides of the werewolf. And there are people that are not. Those are the villagers. Those are the, the, the people, basically. So it's either werewolves or villagers, depending on what you are. So table imagine, flip. if you will, y- y- table flip. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so imagine, if you will, Chris, and mm-hmm. audience as well. Imagine, a, let's say, a round table. You can pick any table, but let's say a round table. Say you have five people sitting around this table. In the middle of the table... There are three cards upside down. 
And in front of every individual person, there is an individual card upside down as well. The match will start by everybody picking up their card in front of them. Not the cards in the middle, the card in front of them. They look at that card and they find out what they are. They put the card down and a timer starts. Everybody closes their eyes and there are many ways to do it. The easiest way to, to do it is there's an app you can get for Android. I'm assuming for uh, iPhones as well. It's a one-eyed ultimate werewolf app. And it basically goes through a series of events. What's What the game refers to as night mode. As in everybody has their eyes closed. So it's dark. It's, it's at night. And it will go through a series of the 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 uh, player types one by one and it will give them an action they have to do and then at the end everybody wakes up and they try to deliberate given the actions that went on and given what they remember their character to be they try to deliberate and figure out who the werewolves are once the timer runs out Everybody has to point at one person. That's the person that they choose to shoot. The idea is the villagers are trying to shoot the werewolf. When the timer is up, everybody points at a person. Whoever has the most fingers pointed at them is the person that gets shot. They flip their card over. If it's a werewolf, the villagers won. If it's a villager, the werewolves won. So you as a player, from the whole, for the whole time, you're either on the werewolf side... Or you're on the villager side. If you're on the werewolf side, you're trying to stay alive. You're trying to add deception. You're trying to get people to not shoot you. You're trying to get mm. them to shoot other people so you're alive. <coughs> Excuse me. If you're on the villager side, you're trying to figure out who the werewolf is. Uh, and also on the werewolf side, there is a... I'm going to go through most of them here in a second, but you also have a, uh, a minion who is basically there to try to take the bullet for you if you're a werewolf. So you'll be a, on the werewolf side, you have a werewolf, and it's either one werewolf or two, and you'll also have a minion. The werewolves are trying to get the bullets diverted away from them. The minion is trying to gain suspicion on him and get and take the bullet for the werewolf. Villagers just trying to figure out who the werewolf is. So, where this gets, and I'm using big quotes here, where it gets complicated, because I'm telling you, this, this, is, this is one draw of this game. It's one appeal that I love about this game. As I'm about to go down a few of these character types and tell you who they are and what they do, but if I was telling you this in front of you and we were about to play a game of werewolf here in five minutes, you would not have to memorize what's going on. The app itself on the phone goes through every person when it comes time for them to do something and tells them to open their eyes and do whatever it is they have to do. So aside from maybe remembering it when it comes time to liberate, you don't have to memorize this whole entire game. There are... Three, six, four, eight, twelve. I think there's like sixteen different characters that you pick from, or you can be. And I think in the updated version, there's like thirty-ish. I don't know, sure. But again, if you're a brand spanking baby new to this game, and you're like, I'll play, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. After like the first, second game, like most card games, you've got it down. Yeah. So. Uh. The game will start, 
there will be three cards in the middle. Everybody will have a card in front of them, face down. Everybody will look at their card, see what they are, and you will always play the last card that you saw. That's going to be an important rule here in a second. So if you picked up a card, Chris, and you saw you're a werewolf, for the entire duration, you're a werewolf. Unless you see different, you're a werewolf. So you, when the deliberation starts, you're trying your best to fucking... It ain't me, I'm a villager. Uh, everybody will close their eyes, and it will go through a series of who has to do what. Uh, for example, the werewolves will open their eyes. So werewolves and only werewolves will open their eyes. So you can open your eyes and you can look around the room. If you see another person with their eyes open, you and him are both werewolves. Or you and them are both werewolves and you're on yeah. the same team. If it's just you, hey, you're the only werewolf out there that you know of. Because there could be one in the middle. Because you don't know what's in the middle. Uh, the min They'll close their eyes. The minion will open his eyes. The werewolves, while having their eyes closed, will stick a thumb out. That way, the minion knows, there's my werewolf partner. There's my buddy. I got to protect him. The werewolves don't know who the minion is, but the minion knows who his werewolf partners are. Um, so the villagers, all the villagers, except for like the very, the basic actual villagers that don't have any abilities. They all have a unique ability at night that they have to do. For example, in no particular order, the troublemaker. The troublemaker will open their eyes and they will take two cards, two random people's cards, and swap them. So the people who got swapped, they don't know. The Only the troublemaker knows who he swapped you know, who, whose cards they swapped. Uh, the seer. The seer will open their eyes, and they have a choice. They can either pick a random person, they pick their card and flip it up and look at that person, so it's like a check. It's it's a verification. Said, okay, I picked up this person's card. I know that they're a minion. I've seen it. I know what they are. So when the liberation comes around, I already know. I already seen it. Or they can look at any two of the three cards in the middle. This is also important because if somebody says, yeah, I'm a troublemaker, you can go, no, no, you're not. I know you're not because I'm a seer. I looked in the middle and I saw those two cards and one of those cards was a troublemaker. So you're lying. Uh, another, another pair. So the werewolves, there's always two werewolves either in the deck or out in the field. Uh, there's two, there is a team on the villager side called the Masons. The Masons will simply wake up and look at each other and they'll know that, Hey, we are Masons. We are villagers and we are on the same team. We are two people that are in check. We know who we are. Uh, the, uh, See, I'm trying to think of another one. The drunk is kind of a funny character. And they all have a little bit of lore behind them, too. Uh, very small, like a, a sentence worth of lore. But the drunk is so drunk that he doesn't know what he is. So the drunk will wake up. He will take his card and swap it for a random card in the middle. And he won't look at either one. So he was a drunk. But now he's been drunk. He don't know what he is. He has no idea what he is. 
So, and there are more. There are other characters that will wake up and do their own thing. Uh, some some of them are car manipulations. Some of them are swapping your car with somebody else's or taking a car from the middle and swapping it with something else. So all this swapping, all this looking, all this checking, all this, bam, everybody opens their eyes and they sit down and they spend X amount of minutes debating. And this is where the fun begins. This is where it's all just trying to figure out who the werewolf is you have people who are who are werewolves and they're lying their ass off to not get shot you have villagers who are trying their best to convince people that they are villagers you have people that know when they started the game they picked up their card and they looked at the card and they saw this but that's not what they are now and either they know it or they don't know it it's it, it takes teamwork and talking and cooperation amongst people to figure out if anybody got swapped, who got swapped, uh, where these werewolves are, where the cards are. A lot of lying, a lot of deception, a lot of memorization as far as memorizing who said what. Keeping everybody's trying to figure out who's lying, keeping everybody's story in check. You know, it's it's really good when you can see something or you know you're something. For example, if you are a villager and somebody else is a seer and they picked up your card and they saw you're a villager, you come out and you say, all right, right off the bat, I'm a villager. I'm safe. A seer can be like, yeah, I know. But it, it's also people that want to hold their story back. You know, it's people that say a uh, big one is like, you know, I'm a seer. OK, well, what did you see? Well, I don't want to say right now. I don't want to say if I saw any one card or saw two cards in the middle because I want to wait and see if somebody's going to come out and bullshit. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get over time how this all mounts up. The facts start the facts start coming out. Uh, generally, people are motivated enough to progress this, the game along. Uh, and it's also, I mean, you want to be, it, it's a, it's a friendly game. You know, you want to be honest. You don't want to have your eyes open during the eyes closed portion. You don't want to do stupid shit like, you know, oh, I heard I, I left my card on the table at this angle. And then when I opened my eyes, it was at this angle. So it was moved like it's, that takes a lot of the, the fun out of it. The fun is deceiving and, and playing detective. And then, yeah, after all, after the time's up, it's a hard timer that you can set. You can set it 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. When the time's up, it'll count three, two, one, vote. Everybody points. Whoever they're pointing to, whoever has the most fingers, they got to roll their, co their card over. And it's either the villagers won or the werewolves won. I have played this game with a minimum of three people. And again, I've played it with a maximum of like 15 or 16. I'm telling you, the more people that play this game, the better it is and it is a it is a ton of fun uh last card i'll throw in there just to add more just to add more if all the confusion uh and figuring shit out is appealing to you there is another card in there called the doppelganger the doppelganger goes at the very very beginning of the night phase the doppelganger will open their eyes and they will pick a random person. They will grab their card and flip it over and look at it. And they as well become that card. Uh, 
So you can just imagine how much that adds. So now you could have two troublemakers in the same game. You could have two separate people flipping or or swapping four separate cards. Keep track of that whenever the liberation comes up. You know, yeah. you could flip it over, and you're now a werewolf. So. There are three werewolves out there, all three of them trying to deceive everybody else. It could be two minions, and they're both trying to take the bullet for the werewolf team. It could be two drunks. Hey, man, neither one of us know what the fuck we are. (laughs) Well, you're saying you're a seer, and you saw that there was two werewolves in the middle. Well, I took one of those cards, so I'm probably a werewolf now. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's stuff like that just goes on and on and all adds up and you really find out what friends you have are really good at lying. I have found over time that apparently I'm really fucking good at lying (laughs) in this game. But honestly, that really become that that really comes down to experience. The more you play this game, the more you understand how to, you know, make people think one way because you want to, to to go another way. Um, I realize that was a big overview of this game and explaining the rules. I'm sorry if I bored anybody, I, but what I do hope is that that drew some kind of interest. This is a party-style card game that it's it's party honesty. Just keep your eyes closed and do what the thing says. You don't have to really memorize shit. The phone app will give you the timer. It will tell people what to do and when to do it as long as you follow the rules that it, that it puts out. Uh, you give it about four or five minutes of having your eyes closed and doing some card shuffling, and it's open your eyes and all right, which one to use a werewolf? All right, what are you? What did you put? Uh, I'm not saying what I am. What are you? Well, I tell you what I am. I am a seer. What did you see? I I'm not really saying what I saw. You know what? I'm gonna call you out right now. You're a liar. What do you mean? Because I'm a seer. No, you're not. I'm as no. I'm gonna tell you what I. It's ah, uh, it's so much fun. It is so much fun. The more people you have, the more fun you're going to have. And it's, yeah, it's it's incredible. I've, I've played this many different groups of people, many different types of people. Uh, people that I didn't think would even be interested in playing this game have all jumped in and had a damn good time with it. So that, I realize, is nowhere near the magnitude that Magic the Gathering is. <laughs> not, the, not the required number crunching and all that stuff. Yeah. But as far as like a, just a party card game... That that's fun. I also recognize that in the world of we live in a we live in a fucking splendid world where there that's two that's that's one game. There's probably four hundred different card games like that. There are probably eight thousand different board games out there. I know that's a big scene right now is the board games and card yeah. game scene. Um I know that there are more to play. I just don't have enough people around me, enough time to play all of them. I I love this one. I fell in love with with this one. I bought a I bought the box of it. I've got it in my bag. I carry it with me pretty much everywhere that it goes. It's damn. It's pretty much in my car at all the time. And I busted it out and played in the most unlikely places and had the had the most splendid results. So. That's yeah. my one quote unquote card game <laughs> that that I that I really do truly love. Um, yeah, I haven't played that one, but I watched uh, when Achievement Hunter uh, did a whole uh, live stream marathon thing, sort of. Uh, I don't think it was mm-hmm. a full fledged marathon. I think they had hours each day they streamed. Uh, but yeah. they got together all of the you know 
uh, Achievement Hunter family. So they had Screw Attack, Funhouse, all those out there. Um, mm-hmm. And they were playing games. And that's one of the games they played. Uh, there yep. was obviously an earlier version because it wasn't near as complicated as that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't well, think the... The version I'm talking about there, that is the first version. That's V1. Hmm. The new version they have out now, and I didn't even go through all the card types. There's double that. Like I pulled up, I downloaded the app one day for an update, and it seemed like there was close to 30, 35 something icons. So, yeah, it's gotten, which again, it depends on how many people you have. I would think uh, if you had, you know, a bunch of people, that many variations would probably play a lot better. Man, I've been playing with the standard version for years now, the original version, and it's oh, so much fun just with those few people, with those few characters. Yeah, maybe they were playing with a uh, kind of house rules thing. Um, maybe. Because yeah. there weren't, I don't think, any cards in the middle. Uh and they, there weren't the different roles aside from uh, Werewolf, Villager, and Seer. Mm. I think we're yeah, the only it sounds like a roles. house rule thing. Um, I don't know, but it, it looked <laughs> they had a blast playing, and it was fun watching the dynamic of uh, people voting on people, and then yes, uh, oh, there's also the sheriff. Um, yes, thing. So it was funny I'll watching give- them. Murder each I'll other. give you, I'll give you one quick story. One, uh, it, I think this, 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 it, it wasn't the same night that I had like sixteen people at the house, but it was close to that. I had like ten or twelve people. So we're playing this match. I think it was about fifteen minutes, and fifteen minutes sounds like a long time, but trust me, the more you play this game, you, it's gonna go by quick. You're gonna, you're gonna. You're going to start whittling that down that time. Now, it's challenging to start whittling your matches down to like five minutes. All right, we got five minutes. Who the fuck is a werewolf? Let's go. Come on. We need people to start talking. Who's doing what? Who did what? You know, uh, but it was about a 15 minute match. And typically, again, after about the second, the first, probably even second at the most match, you're going to start getting real good at keeping tally of what's going on. Uh, you're gonna give. You're gonna start keeping track mentally of, you know how uh how the how the drunk works and how the troublemaker works and how the robber works and how masons are a team and all this stuff. So, excuse me. We got this match going on. We're all keeping. We're all. We're pretty much narrowing down as the minutes go on. Who is what? We we've kind of got. We've we've kind of figured out that the the troublemaker story checks out. We're a little nervous about the drunk. We're not sure. We're pretty sure who the robber is and what he did. We think we got the minion pinned down, so we're not fucking with him. Minutes are ticking down. Time's going down. At about forty seconds left in the match, forty something seconds before we have to times up three, two, one vote. One of the guys goes, hey, I just want y'all to know right now, I lied about everything I said. I was not this. I was a troublemaker, and I swapped her card and his card. And everybody collectively was like, what the fuck? And it's like, okay, well, okay, so so that means that you were not the seer. You pulled, that means you were lying and you weren't, yeah, his story checks out because I saw his card. He was this, oh shit, so, so if you were the robber, then you pulled his, time's up. 
and we were like, <laughs> oh no, that was one of the most, yeah, it simultaneously the most aggravating times in the game, but also like, come on, we gotta go right now. What? All right, get your facts straight. Everybody, shut up. Everybody, shut up. All right, who did what? What happened? <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Good times, man. A lot of good, a lot of good times can be had with a game like that. So. Yeah, I've picked up a couple other uh, physical card games. Um, back on the vein of uh, Magic, um, as a kid, I got into Pokemon cards. Um, turns out that that's more complicated than I thought it was as well. Um, oh, yeah, I haven't played a serious game of Pokemon. I've played, you know, as a kid, we played you know, friendly games where we didn't really 100% play by the rule type things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched uh, not too long ago one of the uh, Pokemon World Championships. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have these kids playing in the uh, their junior divisions. Uh, and they're like 10 or so. These are the most serious kids you will ever see. <laughs> they are not having fun. They mean wow. business. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's a uh, it's more complicated. It's especially now with all the modern games with mega evolutions and stuff like that. They have more card effects, so it's getting more complicated. But I yeah. just collected the cards back in the day. I mean, I still have all my Pokemon cards. I know where they are. Um, right. Because they're nice, nice and safe and binder sleeves. You know. Uh, um. Uh, more towards like I've never played like Cards Against Humanity. Um, oh, I did. Did you? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I played card. Trust me, this won't even take. It's like two minutes at the most. I played Cards Against Humanity. I pl- I was I was introduced to it and played it for four or five sessions one day it was interesting the first few go-arounds uh the person who was hosting the 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 game actually was at that moment having like packets sent to him where it was he was gonna it was gonna be like 500 cards instead of the like 60 or 70 we had so all these wild variations were were gonna be able to to be had in this game Mm The second time we played it, Chris, honestly, after about the fifth or sixth round, dude, I was like, all right, this game's, I'm pretty much done with it because I'm going to sound like a fucking dick. I'm going to sound like a prude. (laughs) I understand. But all it whittles down to is let's put these fucking random phrases together and see who can be the most lewd, the most dumb, and it's, it's... I don't know. I, I I got the humor of it, but the humor got played out real quick for me. Even sure. when they brought the more the the, de- the larger decks in, and we had all these random things, it was just oh man, look what I did! I made a uh, I once whacked my penis with 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 Oprah Winfrey's tainted butthole. It's like ah, it's like okay, yeah, cute, <laughs> I guess. Who won? Yay, he won because he had the funniest thing, I guess. I won I matches, I lost matches, but there's, there's no win or lose at the end of it. It's just who can make the weirdest phrases. And I was like, man, I, I'm checked out. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I've never played it, but I've watched it played. Um, I watched Rooster Teeth play it. I watched the game Grumps play it. Um, 
I'm trying to think of anybody else. I don't think so. Uh, but I wouldn't watch much more of it. It's kind of more of the same once you get to a certain point. Yes. Um, that's that's hit the nail on the head. A, have you heard of a game called Munchkin? Heard of it, but I've never played it. Yeah, I, I bought it. Um, I had... I can't remember why I bought it, <laughs> but I bought it um, at some point because I thought it looked cool and I wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought it and it just sat in the closet. And then one day we played, and this was actually what spurred uh, me playing D&D with the kids, was we played Munchkin. Because um, mm-hmm. it's a uh, dungeon crawling with cards, essentially. So you're randomly getting your equipment and your uh uh, enemies you're fighting and all these things and uh, helping or screwing other players and stuff. It was a uh, it was a fun. We played it once, um, and it was certainly interesting. Um, a child may have gone to bed without dinner. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kidding, um, though. Uh, my girlfriend did get screwed over bad, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, and then I won by screwing everybody else over. So, oh wow, uh, or something like that. Uh, but it was fun. I really like the cards. Um, it's one that we couldn't play with the youngest because they, some of the cards are very full of innuendo. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was almost to the point where I didn't even want the oldest to play. But it's it's manageable. Um, but it would be nice if it was not, um, you know, so obvious on it. I, you know, text-based innuendo isn't bad because, you know, it's up to interpretation. Depending yeah. on the child, they'll never know the difference. But right. when you have a very skinny woman who's a very top-heavy, um, mm-hmm. that's like, okay, really? Does yeah. this have to be a thing? Um, yeah. No text accompanying it. That's just the art they decided to put on the card. Um, yeah. But regardless, uh, the cards are interesting. There's a lot of humor in it, uh, even when you get past the adult-focused stuff. Uh, and it, I'd be, I, I'm thinking I might bring it when I come down there for Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll see if we like it, play a game of it, uh, whoever's going to be down there. I still got to figure all that out. That's another discussion to have later. Um I'm trying to think. Uh, I know Rooster Teeth, they have their game uh, similar to Cards Against Humanity, but it's called uh, Million Dollars Butt, um, which is a running gag that started from their podcast and stuff where, you know, it's like a million dollars, but you randomly teleport, you know, once per day or something like that, you know. Uh, And you're putting together much like Cards Against Humanity, put together two cards to come up with a situation. Um, yeah. And whoever, you know, you vote on whoever has the best one and stuff, but uh, it's it's amusing. Um, I bought that just to support the company and stuff. I've never played it. Um, I don't even know if I've opened it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I did a look at the cards, but maybe not. Um, there's so many games like that coming out now. Uh, I backed one that was supporting veterans uh, that was military-based. So it had a lot of, you know, 
army, marine, etc. Uh, jargon on it and stuff. Yeah. You know, um, I think that one was. I don't know if it was made by uh, by them or if they just supported it, but it was. Uh, where I heard from it was through the Facebook page for that. Uh, uh, awesome shit my drill sergeant said or something like that <laughs> uh, where they share all kinds of stories from boot camp and whatnot. yeah uh, I think they back, they supported it and shared it I don't remember who actually made it but it supported it wasn't Wounded Warriors but something similar to that so like alright I'll probably never play it but I'll buy it um, yeah you can go to Kickstarter and any of those type of places right now and see just a an overwhelming amount of cards slash board games. I'm not, I, I, I feel like this started about five years ago or so, mm-hmm. maybe even a little more, but board and card games just exploded. Like, yeah. Oh, you thought the, the, the 20 you remember from your childhood were around. We have hundreds, if not thousands mm-hmm. of all types of variations. And, it started to get to the point to me, almost like like the anime uh, quote that with that uh, Eye Patch Wolf made that I quoted a few episodes back, where it's like it, it's at some point keeping up is just impossible. Yeah, you know, it's I actually, it's de- it's dependent on having multiple people around, and then it's like, okay, well, I know we played that game last week that it you know it took us fifteen minutes to explain the rules. Okay, well, well, shut up because now today we're playing this game, and it's another fifteen minutes to explain these rules. And I bought this other game, and it's like, man, it's. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> Jesus, a bit much. Yeah. I actually have a uh, a wish list on Amazon just tracking board games that I've looked at at some point in uh-huh. time or another. Um, we've bought a bunch too, and we, we have some we never played. Uh, recently, uh, there have been a bunch of Harry Potter games come out, mm-hmm. uh, and the last one is actually a card game um, where it's a cooperative uh, card game uh, this one it has a board um, actually yeah it does have a board just replacing cards on but you essentially fight uh, or uh, you're trying to accomplish an objective but then you have death eaters that get in your way and stuff uh, mm. and you have to cooperate and pass and you know basically uh collect up attack points or uh, use cards that benefit your allies. So these two players may not do anything except for buff the third. And then the third player will attack and just have all these buffs and just do awesome things, you know? Wow. Um, There's a, uh, basically a clue Harry Potter game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it actually is clue Harry Potter themed. Uh, but I never played Clue before that. I knew what it was, of course. Uh, but it was my first time playing, and it was interesting. Um, I lost. My girlfriend won, but it was fun. Um, and then there's, I want to say, another Harry Potter game, which I'd add a, I'd, I would need to go look at the closet to uh, unscrew them in my head. But yeah, it was, especially for the kids, it's nice to have something that I know is going to be friendly to them. Um, yeah. But we have a we have a closet full of board games. <laughs> yep. So I think that'll do it for this topic. Would you say, Chris? Uh, yeah. Man, what 
I know this is just bait for a plethora of emails, and I welcome every single one of them, despite what I said about it being too much. I mean, I'd love to know what... So, I love telling people about Werewolf, not only to push the game, but I love hearing other people that have played it, because I like hearing the stories around it. Mm-hmm. For example, the story of the uh, the guy at the last minute changes to, hey, I was a troublemaker, let me fuck this whole game up. I love hearing stories like that from other games. So while you'll have to teach me about the game and I'll have to understand all the rules, the the interactions among the people are, are just as interesting, if not more interesting to me than, than the game itself. So what what board slash card social type games do you play? How extensive is it? How How complicated are the rules? And I mean that understandably. Like Magic, I'm sorry, it, it, it it's... For someone that plays Magic the Gathering right now to tell me it's fairly easy, probably because you've been playing it for a long time. Somebody just walking into Magic, probably overwhelming. It's <laughs> so complicated. Yeah. So how you know how complicated is the game? Uh, how e- or how easy is it, is it to pick up? What's the social life like whenever you do learn to play? How many people does would you is it required to play? But how many would you recommend to play? What are some good stories you've had from playing these games? Who you introduced it to? Like, what was the most memorable experience of the most random person you introduced this to? Or like, man, I didn't think I was going to get this experience, but I, I, it was wow, it was amazing. We'd love to hear all stories about card slash board games like that. What about video games you've been playing? Uh, did you love to tell this video game podcast about? Have you been playing Mega Man 11? Have you been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Anything that we've talked about this episode or any episode, just anything you want to talk about in general. We love to talk. We love to communicate. We love to associate with our audience in any way any way that you'd like to get a hold of us. And there are many ways to do just that. We have a Facebook page. You can go to Facebook and search for End of Time Cast. It should take you right to our page. This might be how you found this episode right here. We have an email. You can send us emails at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can tweet us. You can retweet us. Any way that you want to get a hold of us, we love to hear feedback. One last note. Uh, I realize that in the world of social media and popularity, this is, this means absolutely dick. It's very small. It's not even really worth mentioning, but it's nice to know for us. Unfortunately, it's not for one episode. It is for the entirety of our podcast since its, since its induction. We have reached over 2,000 plays on our podcast page. No, that's not one episode. I realize that there are podcasts out there to get like 8 million per episode. Uh, but it's nice to know that 2,000 people have pressed the play button on our podcast in some way, shape, or form. And if you're one of those 2,000 people, thank you. We appreciate it. But more importantly, send it, contact us somehow. Let us know what you think about the episode or episodes you listen to. Communicate with us. Uh, I'd love to just associate with other gamers out there in the world. And I feel that Chris and Adam both would as well. So yeah, that's going to do it for tonight. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. And until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs>